Wow. Good evening, everybody. What a wonderful, wonderful welcome. Thank you so much. Mr. Real, that's some new opening. Tell How are you doing? About it. Could you? I'm doing great, but I'm so excited about this new opening. Yeah, we've been uh, working behind the scenes uh, to create a new intro outro. And, and by and we, that's... Bill means Bill has been and, working behind the scenes. Well, I mean, it's a project within the show. And so we all we all do different tasks here, but uh, it was a lot of fun. It didn't it didn't cost much. I used somebody on, on Upwork. I was actually going to try to do it myself, and someone volunteered to show me how to use the program, but I just just had us pay like a really inexpensive price and have somebody with kind of professional skills just do it for us. And so at the end, it, I understand you had to pay that price in rupees. It was, it was rupees that, that I had to pay it. The, yeah. The, uh, what, what do they call that? The, the crossover from, uh, American money. Pay. Yeah. I, I don't know if I got gypped or not. Maybe I ended up paying like millions of dollars. I don't know. So nice of, racial slur with the word jip, by the way, go ahead. <laughs> How's life treat? How do you like, by the way, we're using new equipment folks. They're we using this new is, equipment. This is, uh, and I want to thank, by the way, there is a, uh, a, a supporter of the program who was kind enough to uh, front the cost of purchasing new equipment for the Mormonism Live team. And so Maven, RFM, and myself are all using new equipment. There may be a technical issue here or there as we get used to it. Um, so, because there's lots of buttons and things, it's sort of like the old piece that I had, brand new to RFM, brand new to Maven. But even for me, this is uh, much different than the original piece of technology I was using. And so, folks, uh, bear with us if there are any issues. We'll try to get those resolved. But RFM's voice should sound a little different. I think it sounds like butter, a little richer. And it sounds uh, it sounds just like butter. I think it sounds just like butter. <laughs> there are lots of buttons on these machines, and RFM is having a good time. Buttons. You know how I love to push buttons, Bill. You are a button pusher. But you seem to get in a lot less trouble for pushing buttons than I do. Well, I, don't know. I think that's with, my gift. At least spirit. with the church. At least with the church. With some people, you seem to have pushed their buttons quite a bit. Yeah. Well, you know, <laughs> if you don't want me to put, if you don't want me to push your it, buttons, don't show me where they are. That's all I it, can say. It depends on what camp you're in. Oh, that's yes. very bad. <laughs> oh my gosh. Okay. Well, so, anyway, do you have any other uh, announcements you'd like to make, sir? No, just I just want to say thank you to, to the gentleman who uh, supported the program by fronting the cost for the equipment and to everyone who supports this show. We are deeply appreciative of our of our fan base, our followers, listeners, viewers, and just want to say thank you. Yes, very, very much. Thank you. Thank you indeed from the heart. Well, tonight's show is called Shunning by Decree. It's a bit of a riff on an old movie called Murder by decree but this is shining by decree and it's going on right now as we speak inside the lds church and we have a couple and by a couple i mean a married couple will rfm still be on mute no i will not be on mute ever again no, <laughs> my days of muteness are behind me <laughs> i think somebody's uh, trying to start a mutiny okay that was an out that was a that was an ouch you got to wince at that one that was bad but we have a wonderful couple on that we're going to introduce <laughs> tonight and uh they are Micha and sarah and if we could bring them on to the show sweet let's uh there they are there's Micha and sarah how are <laughs> you doing hello everybody we're great thank we're you great they're joining <laughs> us from the, from the lobby of the mtc they're in front of that big map picture Absolutely. and we'll be using that to good effect throughout the show i'm so glad that you're here um here's what we're going to do okay we have a certain amount of time 
which is not as long as Mormon stories. So we try and get to the point as quickly as we can. We're going to skip over a lot of important stuff to get the first to your- four episodes. Right. We go right to the fifth one. <laughs> yeah, we're going to go right to. <laughs> <laughs> Excuse me. Okay, I got to do this one. All right, here's my little tribute to the exorcist. Now, (laughs) yes, so Misha, you are a convert to the church, correct? Absolutely, yes, true. And how old were you when you were baptized? I was 31. How old are you now? Oh, do I have to say it? How long ago was it? No, no. 45. Just turned 45 in July. Okay, so 14 years ago. Yeah. And you were baptized in your your home country, or I know that. um, In Slovenia. Yeah. All right, Micha, can you use that map and point out to our audience where Slovenia is on the map? So this is Africa. This is Europe, right? Yeah. This is the Italian boot. That fell off. Yeah, that's missing half. But Slovenia is right here. Two million people, small country in between Italy on the west, Austria, north, Croatia, south, and Hungary, east. Okay, very good. Thank you so much. And you were baptized there, correct? Yes, my brother baptized me. Your brother baptized you? Yes, my brother was a convert as well. Okay. Four years earlier, right? Yes. Four years earlier. And you did your time over there. You were a branch president for, what, four years? Yeah, and a bunch of callings before that. So, yeah, but four years of uh, branch presidency, yes. I imagine they keep you very busy in a small branch. Everybody oh, has a calling, Sarah, if it, not two or three. Most of the time, like Sarah had to wait for me, like, for eight, nine hours, yeah, with kids. and It was dedicated. Yeah. Mm. And Sarah, you've been a member your entire life, correct? I have, Yeah. But somehow you ran into this handsome rogue, Micha. Yes. Over in Slovenia. How did that happen? Were you on a mission? So I had served a mission um, in 2008 in what was called at the time the Slovenia Croatia mission. And it encompasses all of old Yugoslavia. So like five countries, right? Five, six countries, depending on who you ask. But um, I was sent just to the Croatian part. And during that time is when he was baptized. So I never met him, even though he was just like an hour and a half away from me. Um, driving distance, you know, but um, I believe his name came out in a newsletter from the monthly newsletter from the mission president of who was who had joined the church. And so I remember seeing his name, but uh, yeah, I won't make a joke on that. But <laughs> yeah, I saw but his you name. did not meet each other while you were on your mission. I didn't meet him, no. no. So I went back and then three years later, after I graduated uh, from the University of Utah, I uh, took my tax return and went to Europe for six weeks by myself. And three of those weeks were in the mission. And that last week I jumped on a bus that was organized by the local mission, meaning like members of the mission, not missionaries. And um, they all got, all five countries got onto one bus and we went to Germany. And when I woke up in Austria, I looked back and he was on the bus. We had picked him up in Slovenia. So it's amazing the things you can pick up in Slovenia. I know. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So well, we that's wonderful. In um, what city? Frankfurt. Mm. Frankfurt, Germany Temple is where we officially the met. Designated so. temple for the AM, we call it Adriatic North Mission. Yeah. Mm-hmm. But fun side note, he was engaged. Mm-hmm. I did not know this. 
but we won't go into that. And uh, <laughs> well, okay, but, uh, so he broke his engagement. He broke some young Slovenian break off his heart. He did. Wouldn't you guys? <laughs> it wasn't for me actually. I actually moved to Hawaii and then I got engaged in Hawaii and then that didn't work out either. And we reconnected oh about a year later, thanks to Facebook, because yeah. we were already friends. And uh, six months speaking, he sent me chocolates and uh, it's kind of a long story on that. We won't do that one this time, but it was a joke. I had made a joke on Facebook because I just had a breakup, right? saying on Valentine's, we, I accept chocolate every day of the year, not just on Valentine's. So email me for my address if you need it, boys. It was a joke, but he sent me chocolates. And uh, that led to six months of overseas talking. And I went out in July, 2015, and we were married on my tourist visa in September. So, 2015. Yeah, with yes. less than three um, Sarah, truth or dare, was he the only one from whom you received chocolates that Valentine's? No. And I wonder if the other guy is watching. <laughs> I wonder if his ex-fiance is watching from Sylvania. No, well, the other guy was my home teacher. That oh. well, he had been a home teacher for some time up in Salt Lake and but ministering servant. Ministering yeah, servant. but no, he uh but apparently Slovene send... chocolate is way better than any other. Yeah. Well that's, that's what I've heard. Yeah. I think it's the goat oh. milk. <laughs> Anyway, that was it was a fun story, but very spontaneous. And I flew to Slovenia and didn't go back for six years. I mean, we visited, right? But and you um, lived as a married couple over there for six years, correct? Yes. That's we have a picture of your wedding day. We do. So we so. were married technically in Slovenia on the twenty fourth of September. Yes. In Slovenia or in Europe, you can't get married like religiously. You have to get married civilly first. And then that night we drove through the night to Switzerland to get married the next day in the Spur in Switzerland temple. But because we had not slept, uh, the temple president was kind enough to push our wedding to the last hour of the temple being opened. And so hence the black uh, night. We did not have any daytime photos at the temple at all. Oh. So the last one is in Slovenia during your civil uh, ceremony and then the this one on the right is at the temple in Bern, Switzerland yes. that night. No, right? that, that other picture is not of our ceremony in Switzerland. Oh, no, it was at a friend's wedding actually like a year later. But um, I'm sorry, I should have provided the civil wedding photo as well. I'm sorry I did not do it's that. It's okay. It's fine. It's great. I love these yeah, pictures. It was, uh, I wasn't a daze either way. <laughs> like the, the only one that counts is the one for time and all eternity. Anyway. Yes. Well, that there you go. On. You got it right there. <laughs> well, I've got a million questions to ask you about that dress, but we'll just let that go for now. Thank you. I and try and plunge into the story because at some point you moved from Slovenia over here to the United States in Utah, correct? Yeah. Yes. It was about a 2 a.m. decision. Very unprecedented. We did not expect it at all. And we were here three weeks later. So, so that would have been 2021. 20. Oh, we're recent history now. That's just a couple of years ago. Yes. Yeah, we just got here. So um, April 2021, uh, I think it was April 15th, we were just watching some EU parliament uh, things that were happening with COVID. And we just looked at each other and knew that it was time to go. So we bought tickets literally that night in the middle of the night. And we left everything, packed up our two kids. I was about a month pregnant. <laughs> and so I was feeling really good. <laughs> and uh, we just, we were here in Utah three weeks later. So it was very quick. Okay. Now, Meech, yes. 
Misha, you're gonna have to do some talking now because I got a question for you. Yeah, yeah I've been teaching her like for <laughs> for two minutes, but yeah, he no, really it doesn't has. work. No, Sarah, you're doing great. You're doing great. I'm just gonna try and uh, see how close we can get to even on everybody, just to to make it fair, because I know that you both have a lot to say, and all of it's interesting. So, Misha, at some point though, you began to have doubts about your faith. Right. Tell us about that, please. So it all started happening while I was serving as a branch president in Ljubljana, the capital of Slovenia. So I was called as a branch president, and what was it like? Almost four years that I served in that calling. It's it's presiding over, I would say, 60 people, 60 active, semi-active people. That's the only chapel we have is in the capital of Slovenia. It's uh, Ljubljana. It's the city, right? That's the only literal chapel we have, whatever. it um, Just talking, going into, into the calling, because uh, I served in like various callings before, right? Like you start, you know, with primary or whatever, and you're moved up. But it ended up with with, with the branch president. And um, I really had like a special insight into into the branch, you know, and all the members. And, and hey, Misha, Misha, I'm going to run you along here and just get to your doubts. Okay. And I apologize for doing that. I didn't do it to Sarah, but that's because. No, 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 because it's better. I know. <laughs> No, no we, we just got a long story to get to, and we. I'm saying you're so close to members. You're so close to members because they're literally your brothers and sisters. There's a few members in that branch, right? And 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 now you're now you're the judge in, in Israel, right? Like, hmm. and, and and you're sitting on the other side of the table, and you're the man, right? Who's gonna mm -hmm. like make their life better, help them make better decisions, and just you know, just the fighting settlement. For example, if I just pick that that occasion, right? Like those meetings, right? Those talks, those interviews, like made me see, like, why am I doing this? This is so the feelings start coming. Um, this is not okay. I'm asking them for the money, you know. They're coming to me, and it's this this couple is barely surviving. You know, they have wow. a they have a handicapped child on a wheelchair, and I'm mm. and I'm checking checking off like this this you know, forms that the church wants me to check off for them, right? Who am mm -hmm. I to do that, right? This is not... So it slowly came over through tithing, you know, or other, like, talks that I had with with, with the members, right? But not 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 the deep doctrine that came later, but just the, the usual stuff, right? Like the, the things that come along with presiding over a branch. I think also he was more concerned about the people than the papers. And there was a lot of pressure for him to get, you know, report this, report that. And he was like, mm -hmm. I'm just here for people to like actually listen to them. But all in all, that eventually led to April of 2021, like literally the month that we decided to move. And it was it the was Easter message the Easter from message President Nelson. Video from right. President Nelson when he was, if you listen to it audibly, it's a beautiful message about the resur mm -hmm. resurrection of Christ and faith in Christ and peace in Christ. But uh, the whole video visually is like him getting vaccinated and, you know, masks everywhere. It was like a huge propaganda we felt for getting the vaccine and, you know, not to get political or anything, but that was a big reason for us moving to America was to not be uh, required to get that in order to fly home. So we wanted to be able to just be with our family without having that be a requirement. So we were like, why is he pushing that on an Easter video? Like, it's so weird. And so that was the first, like, that's so, it was just weird, you know? Mm -hmm. So that kind of opened up the, the bag of 
themes there. Yes, if I may say, like the message, Easter message, if you just listen to it, it was like a wonderful like message, right? Came across super. But then I looked at the screen and I see him like covered up and Wendy and there's like sleeves up and whatever, right? Was this during the like the halftime session between sessions of general conference when they're playing? Yeah, that was the Easter video, like the you know the annual Easter video, like the, oh, it's an Easter well, video as opposed to an yeah. Easter method during general conference. Yes, no, it was actual video because each year they can't they come out with like a new Easter video, and that okay. one. So I, I was always like, oh, let's see what it is, and we watched and we we're like, that's kind of weird, but and he was really disgusted by, it, and I it rubbed me wrong, but I was just like. You know, it'll be fine. He won't live forever. <laughs> like, we'll I'm not sure you're right about that, actually. I know, right? <laughs> yeah. Anyway, so we kind of, I mean, that was the reason for us moving to America on literally like a wing, like on, on a prayer because we like had nothing mm -hmm. coming to America pregnant too, right? And, um, but then like the prophet was telling us, you know, pushing that and we, we were escaping that. So it was kind of like a total conflict of interest. So once we got here, um, it just kind of, that kind of just built more and it went into, you know, I think the, the connecting thing was why is the prophet pushing so much for the vaccine? And then Mitya found the portfolio of the church's like investments and like, uh oh, and, yeah, it's not a it, big pharma is number four. You know, so it kind of started connecting whatever. dots for him. Mm -hmm. So the big, the first step of him really going away was like, Doubt upon doubt, right? Like you start thinking, like you 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 click. Well, I'm just brain. saying, just to wrap this up, so we can get to like the actual topic we want to get to. Yeah. His first step aside was he will not pay tithing anymore because he doesn't agree with the finances of the church, right? So we went from like COVID to portfolio to tithing, right? Like yeah. it all kind of like flowed that way. And so my me being like still like denying what was bothering me, but just being like, no, we need to pay tithing. We just moved, like we need to have you know, that those blessings. And it was the first time I wasn't, you know, like it, it was just, it was just different that we, um, how should I say? So meet you, you decided to stop like, paying tithing. Sorry. You, you decided to stop paying tithing. Oh, yeah. yeah. And so sure. that was the like, first thing that like scared me. Right. And it took about two weeks for me to just be like, and this was now December, 2021. So we had just had our baby. We'd been here for about nine months, right? About eight months. Um, less than that, probably. I don't know the math. Anyways, you know, half a year. And I was just like, oh my gosh, like I know exactly where this is going. Like he saw us paying tithing. It's chow, you know, like I'm not an idiot, right? We've all seen this. And so it took about two weeks for me to just kind of surrender to that. and be like, you do you, I'm going to do me. And uh, that's when it kind of put me in a place to actually be, extremely honest with myself because I'd already lost the the promised blessings of this eternal family right if he's gone it's like okay that just broke so now it's like what do I have to lose now other than just being completely honest with myself and that's when um I looked inward and I saw that I'd been living on a river of fear my whole life and I thought why do I do this in the church why do I do this in the church why do I do this and it was just like it's just this message of fear all the time so his journey down this path went more like finances of the church administration than to church history. Mine was more just like the psychological side effects of being brought up in this high demand religion. 
So very different paths. He wanted to look at every video. I wanted to shut everyone out and just like go to the mountains and just talk to my creator and figure out what is this whole thing? Because, you know, I've been talking to someone and someone's been talking back to me and I want to figure out like, what does all that mean? You know, mm-hmm. basically. Mm-hmm. So, so kind of two different paths, even though they did kind of go together, but very different. Great. Okay. So thank right. you so much. So let's bring you up to the last weekend in May of this year, 2023. I think that's the correct weekend. And your stake was holding state conference on that weekend. Is that right, Micha? That's true. Now, something happened there. And can you tell us what it was that happened? So I, when we were home, like Sarah knew like a day or two before, maybe even a week, I said, I'm going to the state conference. So the thing is, I have, I haven't been, I stopped going probably a year before that. Yeah, it had been about a year since he had been to church. I was going on my own <clears throat> occasionally with the kids by myself. But... So December, December um, last year, no, no, before last year, right now, was like seeing my daughter up there, like on the podium for the, for the primary program, which mm. was being held in, in um, December, right? So I'm, I already have all of these doubts, right? Like, but, but I'm, I'm going for Sarah. I'm going for my kids. It's okay, you know, but I never felt fully comfortable with the way they're being taught and the songs and everything, right? But then, uh, so that was kind of a thing to, to, that pushed me further, right? Seeing my daughter up there being whispered into her ear what she needs to say when there was like a sentence to be said, right? And she said it perfectly. And, and seeing all of those kids dressed up with, I know, I know, I know, I know, it already like started triggering me big time, right? Mm-hmm. And so from that time on, I had a really hard time going. And then it was like one more time that a brother, it was like Pioneer's Day, we went there like, and there was a talk about Brigham Young and it was all about Brigham Young in that talk for 30 minutes. And I already knew a lot more about Brigham Young, right? So it's like, it's, it's, it's pulling me apart. I can't be physically there anymore. Like I have to, you know, go out of the chapel and spend the rest of the um, sacrament meeting there, right? <laughs> Whatever. But then we fast forward to May. Yes, to May. To so I go over because now I'm educated more. Now I had time, right? I, I luckily have, um, have a job that allows me to listen to a lot of, um, you know, critical thinking and and your guys the show and thank you so much and and all all of the um you know similar podcasts yeah or whatever yeah pot yeah so um it's a different meteor year after right so i know why i'm going and i'm I, i'm not hiding it i'm saying sarah i'm going and i need to oppose right um so yeah we're there sorry and mm-hmm. uh, it happened to be like we we just got in there was like Sarah felt super skeptical. She she got pulled into like, you know, you can. You wanna... Well, like I said, I had been going only once in a while on my own with the kids. So when we walked into state conference, it's already packed full. It's right at the beginning. And I was thinking like, oh, yeah, we'll just go to the back where the lights are dimmed and he can do is like get it out of his system and oppose. Right. right? And he was like in a mango, honestly, like this color is shirt and in the front of the chapel, it's all lit up. Right. And he was like, you know what? There was a row right in the front middle. Like, let's go there. And I was like, no, let's not go to the front. Don't go, don't go to the front. Don't go to-. I was just like dragging my heels because, you know, it was a beautiful spring morning. 
I had all the kids dressed up for church. It almost brought back nostalgic feelings of me of like, this is our first time as a family back to church. And I caught, I was surprised that it just got me back in of like trying to convince myself like, well, maybe I can be okay with this here. And we walk in and all the families that we know are, the Wagners are here together. This is so great. And I was like, if you only know what's going to (laughs) happen. And he just marches right up to the front and sits down right in front of a huge family of and as we're, as we're sitting down, they start. Like right away, they started the oppose. I thought there would be like an opening song. We could get warmed up, you know. Because we were like a just, minute or two. We late. were right there. And they do the like sustainings right before the actual meeting, right? It's like even before the song, right, apparently. So we sit down and boom, they start. And I knew that Mito was going to oppose. I didn't know he was going to actually like stand up and raise his hand and say, I oppose. I was like, oh my gosh. I'm such a people pleaser. I was not ready to be exposed to that degree. And so she gets triggered. Yeah. And like soon after, Anyways, in the middle of that, a little, yeah, but in the middle of that, know. of me doing that like seven, eight times, Sarah leaves, right? And she'll, she'll so you opposed for everybody. Absolutely. Oh, all eight rounds. And he stood up every single <laughs> time. And after the third, I was like, you know, you don't have to stand up for every single one of them. <laughs> and he was like wanting me to record. And I was like, I'm not freaking recording you. <laughs> No, I just it was just, to have a record it was so, yeah. and I get that because you wanted like, and it's good that we did record to a degree because we were accused, well, he was accused of doing it in a different manner. Mm. Um, we have a clip of that, by the way. And yeah. just so the audience knows, this is about an 11 second clip. Uh, we're not going to play the whole thing because there were pictures of other people that got in the, the, the camera frame. And so this is an 11 second. We're not going to take you through all eight of them, just one of them. So you can yeah. see what it was like. This is this is the 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 little clip. Let me. Yeah, it should be the little video clip. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Let me put it up. Come on, there we go. Well. It goes as members of the high council. Was that the state president that he was, or the state presidency on that one? I have no idea which one that one was. I bet it was. Because that was the state presidency, yes. Yes, it was the first or the second counselor, yes. Yeah. Okay. So you uh, pretty much opposed everybody from President Nelson all the way down. Yes. You got it. And about that opposing right there is about when I did leave because we have three young children so two were on the ground coloring and playing and one was on my lap squirming so i was just like with the 1400 eyeballs just burning into the back of my head i felt it it was so hot and then this baby squirming and you know me doing this and i was just like i'm not ready for this so i just got up and i just walked out like mid sustainings and i knew that everyone would think that i'm like so appalled that my husband would oppose the prophet Mm -hmm. right Mm -hmm. and um i don't know if this is important or not but i i did leave and then two different women that i know followed me out and were trying to check on me and make sure i was okay but i just was like flooded with these feelings of at first i did feel ashamed i felt like his actions were i went back to that like don't make a scene don't ever speak out you know totally what we're taught and i was just like why is he shaming our family by doing this and then all of a sudden i had this switch of no, they ask, they asked who opposes. So why am I getting shamed or feeling all this shame? Because he answered honestly, you know? And so then 
around that time, the women came up behind me and were like, we're, and bless their hearts. They had the best intentions. Right. And they were just like, are you okay? We just can't imagine being in a mixed marriage, like with different beliefs. And I'm like, no, no. I'm like, this is so hard for me to explain to you. Like I'm crying right now because I'm sad at how the system is that they shame you for answering. Honestly, I'm not upset that he's opposing. I may be uncomfortable with how he's opposing, but I'm not upset about it. Like if you saw me, I didn't raise my hand for anybody, you know? Mm -hmm. So it was just, it definitely ignited a lot of feelings of just like, well, we're in the public now, everyone sees and we're making a scene. And it just really mm -hmm. bothered me that there was so much shaming on one moment. And especially on one that you're actually being asked, do you oppose? Right? Right. Misha, so, how did you yeah. feel? I felt good because I had to voice it. Like it's, you know, at, there's a point when you just have to do it. Like, I mean, 13, 14 years, it's not 14 days, right? Like it's, I mean, I joined the church to be on the right side for all the right reasons, right? Mm -hmm. And now I'm getting all of this data, right? Like throughout the last two or three years, right? And 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 all of these doubts, are these my doubts? Are the journey of doubts, right? And how much they keep telling you, like it's it's from the devil, right? And, and then it just adds up and I just had to do it. It's for my kids. It's for my wife. It's for us. I, I knew how Sarah felt and how on a verge of like everything terrible that might happen. We are right because of this. But I'm actually saving my marriage and my family with this for sure. Like long term. Right. Can I ask you, Misha, what did you think when Sarah left? No, I was I was okay. I I actually expected that. Like I knew yeah. she was not strong enough. You know, <laughs> that sounds real good. <laughs> no, no, no. I wasn't it's, ready for that though. For sure, she was sorry. She yeah. wasn't ready yeah. for that. Right? right, we are on two separate journeys. Yeah. Mm -hmm. I will never know how Sarah felt growing up in the church. I'm a convert. You know, and they put you together, and there it is. There's that path, right? And and everything will glance, and you know, like it's just just not true right there's going to be a lot of hiccups and and you know and that's where we are but we're stronger today that's that's what it matters right well, did anything happen oh i'm sorry were you no, gonna say something sarah an answer to what you're about to ask maybe go ahead and ask it might be the same i was thing. gonna say uh meet you what happened after you were done or during your opposing did anything happen while you're opposing absolutely i got a text like yeah. boom right away right i checked my phone and I didn't know the number, right? But it's hey, this is, this is, um, you know, first or second counselor, this and this, or brother, right? Like, would you be, would you be willing to meet with, with the stake president, right after the conference? And I said, oh, gladly. So that was like in a span, like when I sat down, the, like probably like thirty seconds, and I was like, how do they even know who I am, right? Like. This is the state conference. We've never been to a state conference before. Maybe yeah. sitting once in the very back, right? It's 700 people, but boom. It's like CIA, FBI, boom, right on your neck, right? SCMC. Like, what, what's going on? It's yeah. text messages. They're, they're not even there. You know, now, the counselor in the I think at one point he even like because when you when Mitya looked up, he was like, Who of you texted me? Like, yeah, I'm like looking for the guy, him, like, right? And he meets me, right? He yeah, meets me, he right? Uh-huh, right. So we nod to each other. So you're the guy texting me, right? Yeah. So this was a counselor in the state presidency. Yes. Because you know your bishop. 
Yes. Yes. But who had just been called like two weeks, like the month before. And they were sitting way in the back or like whatever. Yeah. yeah just like behind. Yeah. Who is our okay. very good friend, by the way. It's All right. So you've got a personal invitation from a state presidency counselor. Yeah. During the state president yes. after the meeting. Just during the meeting, yeah, boom, like we're during right. The in the room. Yes, yes, during the meeting. That's that's well, tell today. us what happened, please. Yeah, so like I for sure I agreed, right? I want to sit down, I have questions, I have doubts, whatever, right? So the first Sunday, so I know the stake president from from our ward, like just visiting our ward, right? Mm -hmm. But so I meet him at his office, and the guest speakers for the state conference were uh, was a couple of the 70s, right? I never mm -hmm knew of them like whatever i don't know if i have to say the name or no but what let's let's leave it it's you know one of the 70s right so we all meet in 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 state president's office wait wait with a member of the 70 yeah he yes. just happened to be there so they all his met wife, together. right so they all leave the meeting no 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 that's after the conference no, okay finished. so it's after the conference it's during the meeting you get the text yes mm -hmm. got it yes so who is the 70 check it I don't even know them. There's so many of them. I never, yeah, yeah, yeah. Since I'm yeah, exactly, there's more than seventy of seventies, right? Yeah, <laughs> that's you, yeah. Well, for the record, I don't know if this is important, but I did come back inside after the sustainings were over. I sat there for about a minute, and I thought, "What am I doing here? This is like not for me." So I said, "Mitya, I'm taking the kids," and so I left. So Mitya stayed the rest of the meeting by himself, and then, um, and then stayed later on. To have the meeting with the state presidency with the 70 and and their wives okay please tell us what happened in this meeting Misha. i'm dying to know yeah I'm, I'm i'm trying to be short and just like super like um straight right so we sit down they're super nice they, uh, they're asking me they're hugging me they're all loving me and missing me although we're like you know in the same room like for the first time whatever i accept it all I love you too, right? Yeah, there's a lot of that. <laughs> but then like, so yeah, what's, you know, we, we come to the to the point where they started asking questions like, well, so what's the case? Why did you oppose? And la, la, la. I said like, so I go straight with priesthood ban and, and, and you know, all the questions I have about polygamy and, and, and the history of the church and everything altered and, and the Book of Mormon, this and that, like everything, right? And it's just so interesting that like, if I if I think back, I, I felt so overheard. Like they asked me a question, mm -hmm. yeah. but they never heard, you know, they never heard what I said. It's just so systematic, I would say, you know, because there's an agenda. Whatever you have, right? They're going to skip to the part that they're taught to answer. And it's straight to the, you know, like it's not even the eye, it, it stopped being the eye contact. So I, I asked something, you know, and then I turned to the 70s wife and I say, Excuse me, sister. May I ask you a question? When you read DNC 132, because my wife could never read it, and we had a lot of talking, you know, over that part, right? And and how do you feel when you read that? When when you read that about Emma, right? And 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 she's pretty much speechless. She she doesn't know what I'm referring to. And I'm like, yeah. wow, like on the inside, like what what? She doesn't have a clue about it. And then, then he takes over. The husband, the 70s, takes over, right? And like goes straight to the scriptures. You know, I said, it's a simple question, right? How do you feel when you read that passage, right? That, you know, 
And it's like, wow, who am I? By the way, Misha, I'm so sorry. We're all talking a lot of inside baseball. I think everybody or almost everybody in the audience gets it. But of course, you're talking about the latter part of Doctrine and Covenant, Section 132, where it says that unless Emma goes along with Joseph Smith's practice of plural marriage, then she will be destroyed, speaking yes. in the mouth of God's to her. Yes. Yeah. Okay. So the questions answers, you know, we're we're in that game and and it starts like it it they wanted to end that. It was like maybe an hour and a half to like they they weren't actually answering my questions. I saw how they're playing the game, you know. And and, and how were they playing the game and what was the answer that they wanted to direct you to at the end? As I said, right? Like um we we love you. That was the conclusion from their side, right? Like we love you, we miss you, we want you to be a part, we want you on the inside, right? We don't, you know. And I said, Yeah, but like I need answers, right? Like, I mean, this is this is too much now. One plus one is two, and plus one is three, and it just keeps rolling, right? And I'm not I, I'm not seeing the intention of the and then I started realizing like they don't have the answers. They don't know. They're just taught a certain way, you know, to lead you through your doubts because that's where fear starts possessing them because they they are in a position. They have to answer your doubts, right? And, this is and interesting to me, Misha, because you're now not just with the state president, but as you mentioned, with a member of the 70, a general authority in the church. Yes. And we're trained and raised to think that these are the guys who know everything. They have the answers. Absolutely. You've got questions. You've got a golden opportunity. You got texted in the middle of the state conference. Right. You got the golden ring. You right. get to go in there, ask your questions and get them answered. Right. And apparently that was a disappointment. Right. Absolutely. Like total disappointment. Right. Because they will always avoid the doctrine because they know they don't have the answers because, being, you know, one day is this and the other day is that. Right. It's not so like it just ended nicely. Like we said, okay, I won't be taking more of your time. And the stake president said, I'll be, I want to talk to you more about it, right? Like, let's meet and talk more about it. What you mm -hmm. know about your story, blah, 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 blah. I said, absolutely, I'm always open. I want I want the answers. Like, I'm I'm here, right? Like, I need the answers. Yeah. So it wasn't, it was like more than a month that he checked in with me. Yeah. How after, often? After this, right? Just he waited like a month, right? Yeah, yeah, it yeah. Like for a month, contact. he disappeared for a month, like... right? Well, yeah, of course, on the one hand, I don't want to disparage him at all, but um, I know he's busy, but I also have to recognize that he has an audience that he's playing for. Yes, but for it also sure. continues, that pattern does continue throughout the months, as we'll see, so. Okay, there are so what happens next? Well, I just wanted to add in, if I can quickly, Please. that between the meeting and the Okay, between state conference and then him meeting with everyone, like when the state conference ended, Mitu was kind of like, from what he told me, maybe you just forgot to mention. Yeah, I, just okay, if that's okay. Sure. Um, people like flooded him, right? Because first of all, when you meet Mitu, people are drawn to him. Everyone loves him. So people really have, I believe, missed having him at church. So they were just like, we're going to kind of ignore what you just did, but just like, we love and miss you. But there were people that we didn't know who came to him and thanked him for being so brave to oppose. And they said, thank you for what you've done. I have felt alone here for so long. And mm. so I was so for relieved to hear that when he came home and told me that I was so relieved because I was so distraught about like how disturbing that must have been. For I was still so wanting to preserve peace among everyone, which is just, don't talk about it, you know, just, just let it be okay, you know? I was so wanting to like not ruffle any feathers so I was so relieved to hear that like people came up to him and said, thank you. Cause 
there were people who had never had the courage to oppose, but to have someone stand up, it was like, wow, I'm not alone in this room of 700 people anymore, you know? Mm -hmm. So good did come out of that, um, on that side of things. Right. And, um, and, and no, then, and then just one, you know, one friend did actually reach out and specifically asked if it's okay, I would like to come over and hear why you oppose. And so that opened up a whole another friendship. And it was just like, wow, we would have never known of this connection if he wouldn't have been brave enough to speak, you know? So that opened up a very dear friendship that has blossomed much ever since, you know? So um, I think that's great. But on the other hand, from the position of church leadership, these are precisely the kinds of connections they don't want to have made. Exactly. And that's what I was shocked because like that's what follows (laughs) as the conference ended, you know, I stood up like and all of a sudden there's people coming to like I felt like President Nelson for a second. Seriously, I thought like, what are they doing? Right. Like, I'm not the (laughs) prophet. Like, why are they coming to me? And I like, wow, it did something for them. Just me standing up voicing. Mm -hmm. Right. It did something for them. And people need this. People need examples. And that's what we're doing here. Right. So yeah, fast forward. Oh, and so as we know, that's the end of um, April. It was April 30th. And the next week would be fast and testimony meeting. And so that kind of leads to the next chapter. June 4th. Not necessarily yet, because the next one would have been May fast and testimony meeting, right? Yep. And he had planned to go. And I was just, yeah, I was like, it was going to be literally seven days later. He was going to go back and he was like, I'm going to go just share my testimony. And I was just mm-hmm. like, leave it alone. You already opposed. Like, can we just like go out quietly and not make a scene anymore. And I was panicking. And literally the night before I had so much anxiety, I couldn't sleep. And if I did sleep, I had this really crazy dream about what would happen Tell about it, and I'll get there. Okay. But um, uh, he was kind enough to not go. And he, for me, cause I was truly not oh. ready that kind of, I was so concerned about the position it would put our friends in. Cause all of our friends are the leaders of our ward. And I just knew it would put them in a bad position, tough position to choose between fulfilling their duties and, you know, being a friend. And so he actually took our, our, um, our daughter for a bike ride that day. And they had a little daddy daughter date. And I actually ironically ended up going in again to sacrament last 10 minutes of it because I was, you know, messaging of venting to a friend of mine who was very open-minded and okay with where we stand and everything. And so I show up at church and, oh my gosh, I guess I should probably say this. I showed up at church and um, everyone at the end just was flocking to me. Are you okay? It's so good to see you is, you know, and they were just like, is Mitya at home? And I'm like, no, he's not. He's out with our daughter right now. Just There was so much pity. And my friend was like, do people normally come up this much to you? And I'm like, no, like, I don't usually get this attention when I come around. So it was just, you felt this energy of everyone just so sad for me that I could have a husband that would do such a thing. And I, I knew I gave off the wrong impression again, that I was showing up at church without him. I'm like, that's not what I was meaning to do. I was trying to just stay in the back with my friend just to kind of vent some things out. But Anyways, month goes by. We've been quiet. We haven't been to church. And then he decided to go again on June. What is the date, RFM? Fourth. Fourth. June fourth, yeah. Sunday. So Matthew he testimony. Matthew Absolutely. Goes. And I, I basically knew. I I can't remember why I knew and how I knew, but like I knew that if 
I knew that they're gonna try to shut me off or down or however you you want to hear it. Um, so I intentionally waited, right? That the sacrament has been passed, and then the the counselor came came up like and and, and bore his testimony because he was conducting. He invited the others in, so I I came straight out of the the side door of the side door and walked straight up right when he like ended and sat down. Right, that was that was kind of a tactical move for me because I I, I felt it, it was in the air. Right, like they. I knew somehow, I forgot how, like, right. But I knew that they would not be okay with giving me a chance to, to testify, right. After what they've seen at the, at the state conference, right. A month ago, a month before. So I, I went straight up. I had my testimony written. It was like, you know, people are sometimes up for 10, 15 minutes, you know, telling stories about this and grandma and this and that. So I know, no, I wanted to be fair and keep it like, you know, at a decent time, like two minutes, whatever, right? Like, so I wrote it down, right? And it was all of that that was bothering me, but it was in Christ and through Christ, right? It was a testimony. I'm, I'm up there to defend Christ against what's, what this church is doing wrong, okay? And you can maybe go up with the slide now, or I, I don't know how you, yeah. So we can read it, or I can read or I don't know how, how you pictured it, RFM. Let's go ahead and have you read it if we can. Let's get the slide up. Actually, I could probably do it myself. I think I've got the power to do that now. Thank you. Know? you. So this is my testimony. This is my testimony that that didn't get read because they turned my microphone off. Okay. But it did get read up to a certain point. Yes. And, I, and I'll point that out, right? Yes. So like, Dear sisters and brothers, I stand here today to represent Christ, my Savior, his truth and his love for us. I found Christ and he found me 14 years ago got baptized in this church, met my amazing wife, Sarah, got married and sealed in the temple, served with love, hope, and faith in numerous callings, as well as a branch president for four years back in my home country of Slovenia. I have three angels named Ta-Ta-Ta-Ta come down from heaven to experience earthly life. I've met incredible people, built amazing relationships, and I've done my best in representing and living the gospel of Jesus Christ all for the sake of spreading the great news, the truth. However, here I am declaring my loss of trust in the LDS leadership and its authenticity. Bam. Not, not, not. But it wasn't even to that. I think it ended right at leadership. Yeah. So yeah. no one from here on, no one has heard my testimony except for like four or five people who after, after the sacrament meeting wanted to, to know what I had to say. But mm -hmm. you know, it's 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 so paradoxical, right? They turn my mic off, but after after that, like they want to they want to hear my testimony, right? But it's right after you say because everything else seems fine until you get to this point. However, here I am declaring my loss of trust in the LDS leadership and its authenticity, and bam, it doesn't go well because off. yeah, but but it doesn't go well. I I'm already having the the vibe changed. They knew the adversary is up there, right? What is he gonna do right now? What is he gonna say? They knew. There was an agenda already in the back. Everything was orchestrated. They knew what they had to do. And 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 I kind of expected that, but I didn't expect it in a, in a way that it happened, right? Yeah. Well, tell us how it happened. Um, so I, did, I, I don't get to read that. All of a sudden, like the mic goes off and I'm like, 
what's going on, right? I'm standing there. The, the members are like, you know, not everyone knew. Some were there, like didn't know the background, didn't see me at the state conference, right? Yeah. And and I said, what's going on? So the bishop is not there. He's absent. But it is but still all recorded because uh, we still have people at home watching. So a lot of wards will still record soccer meetings so people can stay home if they don't feel safe coming to church, right? So right. the bishop was watching from wherever he had a military thing, I believe. So mm -hmm. he was watching from afar. Yes, but, but the two councils are there, right? And like, I'm up there. So the mic is turned off. I started looking, you know, like, um, and they say like, well, there's a brother like coming from the first row saying, this is not a testimony about Christ, right? When you say a brother from the first row, is this somebody you know, just a member of the audience? Yeah, yeah, from the ward. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, okay. he, he he comes up at me and I said, brother, you like you turned my mic off. I started with Christ. I'm going to continue with Christ. I'm going to end with Christ. You just don't want to hear it. Like what's right. So that's the mic is off. Like, but I'm not leaving. So uh, a big friend of mine from this world comes up because it was his duty. And he was actually, uh, you know, uh, appointed. Right. In yeah. case that I don't leave the the, the pulpit. To come up and escort me down. Wait, so your ward has a bouncer? Pretty much, right? I love this new calling. I hadn't heard of that one. Okay. Yeah, a bouncer. Yeah. The word bouncer. Yeah. Pretty much. He comes up, hugs me, right? Like, I love him. Like, but, and he felt bad, and I felt bad for him. But I said, brother, like, stop pulling me. I'm not leaving. This is a testimony meeting. Oh, wait, wait. So he hugged you. He hugged me and then started slowly, like, oh, come on, let's encouraging leave. Encouraging him let's... to kind of step down, right? That'll be important later on, I think. Yeah. yeah. So he, he, so... Want, he wants to take me out, right? I'm saying, right. get your hands off me. I'm not leaving, brother, right? It got a little heated, I think. Yeah, so that's, I heated, that's where he started, right? Like, so, was, you know. so at that point, like, the counselor steps up and he releases the meeting. His brothers and sisters, uh, we're ending our uh, second meeting here. We're going straight to this. Uh, no, 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 they didn't go. Yeah. Just they canceled the whole Sunday, right? Even the second hour. We'll just leave. So, yeah. wow. What? What is this? That, that's just, you know. It was super shocking. What's that move, right? That had to be, like, planned in advance, right? If I appear. It, it was weird. I've never heard of anything like that, right? And then. Uh, I. Yeah, I didn't leave. And then they leave. Yeah, so the whole. And then I start leaving and a few brethren that, that had guts like start surrounding me and, you know, brother, we love you. We've been through this and that and blah, blah. And we slowly start moving on. And I said, you know, and the, it, we ended up like outside the chapel. Right. Um, and and it just ended by me leaving, being kind of upset. Right. Raising a few questions and and. That, that's how that Sunday yeah. ended, right? Yeah. But um, they immediately texted stick president, right? Because it was all, uh, you know, it was all... They're, they're in communication. Yeah. Yeah. Um, and, you know, from my end, I actually chose not to go that day. I, after that month of waiting between May and June, I actually felt way more comfortable with what he was wanting to do. And I kind of just was like, you know, I surrendered to just let it be, let... You know, the pieces fall where they may. And I really wanted to go, especially to show the ward members that I'm not against what he's doing, that I do support mm -hmm. him. But I did have a feeling that they would, in the like smallest degree, at least, you know, there would be, he'd probably be escorted out. And I just didn't want the kids to see uh, 
that or be confused by that. And so I was just like, if I had to have my kids and I could go with them, that'd be fine. But I just decided to stay home uh, just to kind of avoid more drama for the kiddos, you know, for hours because it was his their daddy, right? That would be escorted yeah. out. I see. Um, a, so I'm I, sorry. No, sorry. Go ahead. I see a I see a viewer commenting like saying avoiding contention. Yeah, that's <laughs> the it. contention word, right? Like it's so present, right? Like all of a sudden as we leave, right? As we're leaving, and I'm, I'm kind of you know triggered, right? Because they did that, right? They didn't let me read the testimony. Like I'm testifying of Christ, right? Um, well, you are doing a little bit more than around me straight. Go to the <laughs> 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 I said, Well, you are doing a little bit more than that. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah but I, <laughs> read that first section of his talk. It's like the perfect intro to like any LDS talk. Like, he talked about temple marriage and bringing kids and living the gospel. Literally, mm -hmm. like a whole paragraph of like 100% good stuff, right? Yeah, according to what you know we feel and what they would feel, right? But then one sentence is just like, boom. I thought it was like, wow, how intolerant is that example, you know? Now, Mitya, for the purposes of complete, completing the record here yeah. and to give the audience a chance to understand what it was that you would have said if you'd been given the opportunity and on top of all of that, to give you the opportunity to say it finally Thank yeah. you. in public. Can we go over the entire thing that you had read or written out to read at that fast and testimony meeting and give you a chance to go ahead and take it from the top. Yes, please, RFM. Thank you. You want to you want to start at the very beginning of it, RFM? Yeah. Just... yeah. Would you please? And I'll get ready to pull your mic. Oh, I'm kidding. <laughs> <laughs> now, do we need to read this? Okay, dear sisters and brothers, I stand here today to represent Christ, my Savior, His truth, and His love for us. I didn't do it. Sorry about that. Sorry, no, I did that. Okay. Yeah, things are working a little funny for me. I'm not seeing on the screen what you guys are. It's good. Thank you, Bill. I found Chris. Uh, <laughs> I found Christ, and he found me 14 years ago. Got baptized in this church. Met my amazing wife Sarah. Got married and sealed in the temple. Served with love, hope, and faith in numerous callings, as well as a branch president for four years back in my home country of Slovenia. I helped three angels named <laughs> come down from heaven to experience earthly life. I've met incredible people, built amazing relationships, and I've done my best in representing and living the gospel of Jesus Christ, all for the sake of spreading the great news, the truth. However, here I am declaring my loss of trust in the LDS leadership and its authenticity. How funny that I've strengthened my relationships with, relationship with Christ while recognizing that this church has been leading me astray with lies, deceit, control, and manipulation of my feelings. It all started with the Facebook post from Mr. Russell M. Nelson on January 19, 2021, quoting, We have prayed often for this literal godsend, referring to COVID-19 vaccine, while at the same time, quote, My professional and ecclesiastical experience convinced me, experiences convinced me that vaccinations administered by competent medical professionals protect health and preserve life. Further on, Mr. Nelson made me feel a bad global citizen for a second or two, because I didn't decide to take the jab. How interesting that the very so-called prophet of the Church of Jesus Christ of Latter-day Saints created the opportunity for me to start to doubt his words, acts, and his calling. Little did I know what I would find searching for answers. I started understanding why church wants me to depend on its sources only, indoctrination, control of information, thoughts, and feelings. 
For a year and a half, I immersed myself in the scriptures of the New Testament and started to feel a big gap between what this church is teaching and what church is doing. For the first time in 13 years, I really want to look for the truth. I started researching the church history from all the possible sources, being shocked from the facts and evidences about polygamy, priesthood claims and bans, church finances, shaming techniques, etc. For the first time, I started validating my own feelings about the dishonesty of the people from the big and spacious building in Salt Lake City. I found out how easy it is for so many to say, I know, and go on with their lives. For me, it became a pure wrestle with God, producing sadness, anger, joy, happiness, tears, and laughter all at the same time. The more I seek and feel, the less I need to know. The blessings of how little I know make me stronger. It invites me to read more, listen better, follow my heart, but never forgetting to take my brain with me. If Christ is the Lord, whom do we fear? Usually ourselves. I invite you, brothers and sisters, to relax, trust yourselves, and dare to ask questions. I strongly believe that the gospel of Jesus Christ is the most important principle on this planet and that the high-demand religion is killing it. I stand amazed in my own awakening of the fact that it is not what we do for Christ, but what Christ did for us by going to the cross. Thank you, Mr. Nelson, for opening the door for me. For the sake of the truth, in Christ's name, amen. 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 There you go. Finally got it out. <laughs> yeah. But it took Mormonism live. It took Mormonism live. It took Mormonism live. For you yes. to be allowed to bear your testimony in public. Well, I'm glad you got the chance to. That was very interesting. So now you've, uh, Bill, by the way, I know you're busy over there and there's lots of weird things going on. Did you have any comments that you wanted to make or um, Maven? Uh, I don't even know if she can. I think she's having even worse technological things going on. I don't know if she can even join us. The, the one thing somebody in the chat mentioned 20 minutes ago about there being, you know, could chat GPT handle questions from those with doubts or questions, you know, and there actually is a LDS chat. And so for a few minutes while you were doing the earlier part, I was asking the chat a couple of questions and the chat just circular, it doesn't matter whether you demonstrate that something in the church isn't true. The chat just circles you back around to everything's just great. Like, yes, there may be problems. Yes, there may be contradictions, but trust the spirit. So I asked it, you know, but yeah, but the spirit is like elevation emotion, right? And it said, yes, the spirit is very similar to elevation emotion. It's the same thing the church does. It's it's what we all run into. When, when I went to my disciplinary court, when I sat down with stake presidents, when... It, Anytime you sit in a conversation with any believer, you can list a thousand things that are wrong and demonstrably wrong. And it doesn't matter. At the end of the day, the church is true no matter what. And so I, I sort of, sort of sad. I, I've been through some of this too, sort of sad, but also sort of humorous how yeah. uh, the believing mind within a system is determined to always end at the conclusion it needs to rather than to weigh the information fairly. Amen. Totally. Yeah. Totally. Thank you. Yeah. And Thanks for that, Bill. Nita, <laughs> Sarah, what happens next? Now you've gone ahead. You've tried to bear your testimony. You got halfway through until it started getting a little bit spicy. The mic was cut. The meetings were canceled. You right. ended up leaving, going home. And I go you, home. I tell Sarah what I, what I did. I, what happened. And I'm getting messages. Like my phone's blowing up. Everyone, people that I'm close to, people that I haven't ever talked to, 
are just like, if you ever need a place to come and talk and a safe place, you're always welcome to my home. Like, again, just so much, uh, I would say pity. And again, just, you know, not asking me like, how do you feel about, yeah, I don't know. It's just a lot of, uh, reaching out and I believe all in best intentions, but it's just also no one's courageous enough to actually be curious and see like what's going on. Why can't we just come over and chit chat and like hear it all from both of you, you know? Right. They're kind of assuming that you're feeling a certain way about this. What do you mean by that? Can I, that you're not on board with this, that you're a mixed faith couple and you are kind of a victim who needs help. Yeah. That's what I'm getting messages from, from everyone around me. Right. And I'm just like, thank you. I'm just doing fine. <laughs> just over here um, on the sidelines, basically just not sure how to process what I've gone through personally on my own journey um, in a public way as Mitya um, does. And uh, that's his way of, you know, processing this. It's very personal for everyone. And, and I, really respect him. Actually, I had, a, I actually really looked up to Mitya that day for having the courage to go. Cause I don't know anyone who would actually go back after opposing and then try to speak. And I also had respect that he wasn't going up there to bash because he had a lot of things to say. Believe me. That. I didn't he, even go deep. He right? didn't just... attack any principle right. of the church. He truly in a, in a room full of people who say, we love you and have missed you. You would think that they would want to hear why he hasn't been there for a year. You know, mm. you might just, think that, but you would be wrong. Exactly. And that's what was proven. Right. But I'm just saying, if you really look at that talk or that testimony, it does kind of take you through what he went through and why he is where he's at now. Right. And mm -hmm. it was still, again, an invitation to you would think that Christ could be a common ground for everyone. But anyways, he got home and he was like, Sarah, they ended church like they turned off my mic and into church. And I was like, I wasn't watching from home, by the way. I was like, what did you say? My mind was just like, oh, my gosh, what did you say to make them do that? And he was like, I'll show you right here. And I was like. You have it written? What? Like, well, just two paragraphs he's usually just like read, a free right? speaker. So I like read it. He's like, that's where they stopped. And I was like, you've got to be freaking kidding me. That's where they stopped you. I'm like, that's nothing. I'm like, maybe another sentence that got a little bit more intense, but like that first one was nothing, you know? And uh, I had to tell him though, that the previous month, ironically, and I normally can't believe I'm admitting this on public YouTube, but um the previous fast and testimony meeting, like the, that night before I couldn't sleep. And when I did sleep, I actually threw him like a very sarcastic blow. I'm like, well, thanks for the nightmares, you know? And my nightmare was that he went to church, spoke, they turned off his mic and that he, they sent everybody home. And when I woke up, I was like, okay, well, Sarah, you're clearly being ridiculous on this, like overreacting your brains going on, like, <laughs> on steroids here over this issue. Like, let it go. I made her I dreams come true. He did. He made my dreams come true. <laughs> <laughs> It was just, I couldn't believe it that it actually happened. I was like, right. that is so, I can't believe it. You know, it just, it triggered a lot of feelings. Wow. Right, if I may, if I may continue from there on, like the Please. same day, a few hours later, yes. the mail comes in from the bishop because bishop was absent, right? Right. The bishop was not there. The counselors were, were, um, were leading the meeting, right? Mm-hmm. Oh, that mail we have it too right because it's very important the way it got covered and the the way communication went you know behind the curtain and everything was orchestrated right and now I know we got an email that's from your bishop to to other people but how did you get this email oh we i got were, it too we all got oh, it we got, we everybody all got on the the word i guess so at that point we were still on the mainstream of emails and just to notice here like 
this is a beautiful family. We love them. It's one of the first people we really connected. So there's a lot of emotions going through on both sides, you know, like how to navigate this period, right? Like when he gets called as a bishop just like two months before, right? Maybe, like right? we go on double dates together. Right. You you actually do things together. You're like good we friends. We love these people. Dates, like We love yeah. their kids. Yeah, we're so playing in the backyard, right? Like Yeah, so to yeah. have this happen from a very dear friend also just made it a different level of, you know. Yeah. It was tricky. Absolutely. So we get this email. Yes. Now, can we, we got that ready to put up? And by the way, uh, I'll, let's see here. We, yeah. So that was the whole email on the first slide. And now we got it broken down. So it's a little bit larger so that it can be read. And I think that first section is actually the part to focus on. <laughs> okay. So it's under the church of Jesus Christ of Latter-day Saints letterhead. Jesus Christ being bigger than okay. everything else, by the way. Yes. My beloved brothers and sisters of the... <laughs> yeah, I know what that says. Day is capitalized Lord. incorrectly, by the way. What was? Day, the word day, latter day. Day is lowercase, supposed to be. Yeah, but they're all caps. They're all small caps. It's like the totally. tetragrammaton. Oh, I, the, yeah, um, my bad. I just saw the capital D. And, oh, sorry. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> We're not okay with it. <laughs> anyway, whether what? Yeah, this is a fake letter. Yeah. <laughs> by Hoffman from Point of the Mountain. I was not present in our sacrament meeting today because my army training was scheduled this weekend. However, I was watching the meeting over the video link. I am extremely thankful to our Father in heaven and his son Jesus Christ that each week we have the opportunity to gather together, partake of the emblems of the Savior's flesh and blood, and renew our covenants. It was a joy to see blank. Now, this is not you, this is someone else. Mm -hmm. yeah. It was a joy to see this person stand before everyone as a newly baptized member of our ward and to witness the outpouring of the Spirit during the confirmation of blank, blank, and blank. Uh, three newly baptized people, right? We didn't know there was a family being baptized. Yeah, I didn't know. <laughs> or being confirmed. I'll tell you what I did afterwards when I found out. Like, Oh, right, right, right. Uh, Brother Blank's testimony. This is you. No. <laughs> right. no. <laughs> no, Brother Meech's testimony was inspired and uplifting. No, that was somebody else. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. He, he just name won't be blanked uh, out. Yeah. And it let's also just say, oh. say that your oh, name. Oh my gosh! It's goes beautiful. Live it. Live it. It's beautiful. The world is crumbling. We knew it. Absolutely. Right. So here's the thing. So uh, he is. He's pointing up everybody else's testimony that he can, and your name is. Um, glaring by its omission. Let's put it that way. So, brother, somebody other than Meech's testimony was inspired and uplifting. I love my wonderful and faithful counselors. Exclamation. Mark. That's the part I was actually going to mention. Is like, Oh, why? Praising. Um, go ahead. Oh, I guess it's the next. We'll go on to the next one. Sorry. I just wanted to point out. And if it's okay, my OCD is going to want to move that. So okay. Move I that. know our meetings were cut short to date today. <laughs> And I know many people have lots of feelings about that. As a Bishop Rick, I want to make sure everyone knows that we were following instructions from our stake leaders about why and how we terminated the meetings early. Okay. We're following the money now. The sacrament is the most important reason we gather on Sunday and everything else we do in our meetings is secondary. The church is not the gospel, but is a divinely instituted organization designed to help bring the gospel into our lives more fully. I start reading that really quickly because this is like a yeah, no, it's fine. It's thing, yeah. The church and its members are imperfect, but I testify that it's the Lord's kingdom upon the earth. 
And uh, did you have something you want to say about that paragraph, Sarah or Misha? You know what? Um, it just confirms. Like, I'm sorry. I should have reviewed it again before I said I wanted to point out that part. And I'm actually not seeing it. So no, go ahead. No, Please but I want to say that it's, sorry, that it's evident, right? That who's, who's standing behind all of this? Yep. It's the stake president, right? From the moment on, I raised my hand or post, I became a target. You know, as ASAP, eliminate this guy, right? Before he damages whatever he wants to damage. Mm -hmm. Right. Yeah. Okay. It, it, it does seem it does seem obvious to me that every you know everybody in charge of making sure everything goes smoothly in church channels is right. given the heads up to censure you if anything goes off track. I mean, the fact that you got a text immediately when you. Uh, uh, you know, voted staying for you know a staying vote, and then uh, when you know they cut off the mic when you get one sentence into when your when your testimony shifts, it becomes really clear to me that everyone who is has the ability to censure you has been warned ahead of time to Absolutely. to do that. Yeah, Absolutely. yeah, including the word bouncer. <laughs> I'm just loving that calling. This is great. I didn't know about this. You learn something new about Mormonism every day. Even I do. So this email goes on. By the way, at the end of this, I'm going to be asking you both how you felt about this email and about the fact that everybody in your ward is reading this email, which is obviously about you, Misha. Yeah. And yeah. It goes on. Oh, please take the extra time today to have a second hour or Sunday school in your homes. Now, that's funny because actually, I think the President Nelson said that when we went back to two hours, you're already supposed to have a third hour in your home. <laughs> okay, now they're begging just to have a second hour. Oh, it's confusing. Yeah, it is. <laughs> study what you feel inspired to study. And if you have children in your home, please take this time to teach them, answer their questions about what Misha said in church today. No, answer their questions and testify of Christ. If just any of you... <laughs> if any of you have any questions and would like to contact me to speak about the events of today... Feel free to text or call me anytime. I know my counselors would offer the same. Whoa. Okay. So this is the last slide. Yeah, I was not able to. So he's basically going to say, I was not able to stand before you this morning in our meeting to share my testimony of Christ. So I wish to take this moment to do so. He's going to give the, um, the basic, uh, what is it called? The testimony glove. Okay. Um, about everything that he knows is true. Yes. And then he says, I love you all very deeply, and I am so grateful that the Lord calls imperfect people like me to participate in the gathering of Israel on both sides of the veil. I am inspired by everyone I have met in our ward, with one exception, <laughs> and make the promise that I will continue to strive to serve in a way that honors every one of you, and most importantly, the Lord Jesus Christ. Is that the end? I think so. No, no, it's not. Okay, maybe There's next more. Nope, oh, that's yeah, it. That's it. Okay. How yeah. did it make you feel? You make any comments you want, but I want to ask you, how did it make you feel to know everybody in your ward is reading this and they know that it's about you? Yeah. It's it wasn't too shocking because I felt it all, you know. I felt it from the I, I felt it for a year too, right? Like I, I knew that whenever I raised the question, whether it was like church members and we were outside church, right? And I'm like, I'm just I'm just shocked that no one's willing to talk about Christ. It's all about church. Do you go to church? Are you active in church? What does that even mean? Right? Active, semi-active. What list are you on? 
I don't care. Like, I mean, are we talking about Christ? Are we going back to the very root of like what this, what's, what's the head of the church that, you know, that you're calling the church of Jesus Christ of Latter-day Saints? Like it's. It's President Nelson. Yeah, <laughs> of course it is. You know, there's so much room. I mean, there's, there's so little room for Christ in this church. Yes, for certainly not a lot of room Christ, for different opinions. Our Savior, right? Well, like for it's, anybody else. You know, <laughs> and people are shocked when you start like bringing up, bringing up like Christ, not Nelson, right? When you're not quoting Nelson, quoting Christ, but you go straight to Christ. It became a culture, right? Like it's it's idolizing the prophets, the leadership who are quoting Christ, right? Not going directly to Christ and, and quote Christ, right? Mm -hmm. It's just, um, yeah. Sarah, what did you think? I just wanted to, yeah, just add my two cents on how I felt when I read that because, you know, I feel like as the wife of the person there is so trying so hard not to mention, but obviously talking about, yeah. I just get a little, you know, like defensive, right? And I'm like, I just felt like it was another level of shaming him. You know, first they ask you to oppose, but don't you do it. And if you do, then shame on you. And then um, this letter is just praising what the counselors did um, and then offering so much, um, offering himself to be of, you know, to chat with anyone about whatever they're uncomfortable with, but never saying, you know what, maybe I, I just, obviously they would never do this, but I wish they would say, but also you could ask Mitya, like, what's up? Like, obviously he's going through things or they could even say, you know what? we all go through things and it's hard to transition through things and even just, just even acknowledge it, you know, that it's a hard transition, but just, it was just, it's so passive aggressive. Um, and it just, you know, I just felt it was very passive aggressive shaming on, on Mitya again, without saying his name and praising everyone else and offering their word, but never giving him any credit at all for even being brave enough to say anything, you know? So it's sad it in my heart to hear, to see that got to everyone. I, I just I just want to note if a large number of people had taken the stake president up on his offer to come in with their questions, he would love to sit down and answer them. We already know how the church handles that because in the Swedish rescue, Hans Matson and a bunch of the Swedish saints gathered together having a collective faith crisis. Yeah. And top church leadership sent uh Marlon Jensen uh, and um, Turkey. Turley, Richard, Richard Turley, Turley, right? And, Turley, and those, and uh, and they eventually told the the Swedish saints either get back in line with the church, get back in line with the church, or get lost, get out of here. Yeah. And so we know what happens. Like they'll handle one or two of you, and they'll be mildly soft. But now you put yourself on the radar. But yeah. don't have fifteen or twenty of you show up. Mm -hmm. And ask the stake president questions because eventually where that leads is you can either get in line, be silent, or get lost. Yeah. What's the next step in this story, Mitya? So after that, well, I forgot to mention that like right after I left the chapel, when they turned my mic off, I'm about to go to my car. The the stake president is already there. Oh, right. Because he's, he's not in your ward, right? Yeah, he's he's in the parking lot. He comes over, hey brother, blah blah blah. You know how you're doing. He, he, I'm sorry, did you say he's in our ward? 
He's not in your ward, right? No, so he's not attending the meeting. No, he drove over. He was, anyway. you know, a text went through. Yeah, he's right there, right? He knows what's going to happen. He, he, this is his game, right? He comes yeah. over. He doesn't even address it, address anything. He says, like, come say, hey, how are you doing? Would you be, like, willing to sit down with me, you know, just, tomorrow? Like, we're talking, you know, straight, story. like, to, to sit again. down, right? And I said, of course, like, always, right? Like, let, let's, let's see when it's possible. And then he turns around, we like say goodbye. He turns around and kind of says it like, you know, like throws it at me already with his back on me, right? Like, well, what you did today was really not okay. I thought he said really is not smart. Was really, no, not, I don't know. Like, okay, Something smart, bad. whatever, right? Yeah. Wow. I said, what, brother? I said, what did you, you weren't even here. How, how, how do you know what happened? Right? Like, how do you know? Why are you here right now? Right? I said, like, yeah, okay, let's let's stick with the meeting, right? Bye-bye. So did you have something scheduled or was it loose? I think it it may be, but it was it was pretty much loose, probably. We had to yeah. I said I need to confirm with Sarah, blah, 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 right. right? Let me get back to you. But then it happened to be the um the next month, right? But did you meet with him before that second month? Oh no, we didn't. We didn't. So, so, so we didn't meet, right? So there's not you a month. suggested it. It didn't happen, though, right? It so. didn't happen. So we we sat down once after state conference, right, with the seventies, and that's it. And then he comes up and 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 kind of throws that remark at me. He's orchestrating. He he's playing his game. He knows what he needs to do, and and he's trying to navigate it smooth, right? But he doesn't come back in a month, right? It was something he was busy again. It's mm -hmm. okay. He's busy. I know he's busy, right? Yeah. Right. Yeah. So July, passing this morning of July, we now have family in town from Slovenia. And July 2nd. July 2nd. Yeah. There you go. Me too wanted to go again. And I, this time was back on the horse of not supporting. You're not keep that guy out of church, can you? I was like begging him, like, please just like it's enough like you know what's gonna happen you know he's like i have a testimony to give but i'm like oh, i'm not supporting this one it was really rough he so, convinced his brother to go with him though no i didn't convince it was well, like i invited him to, <laughs> i invited him to go because me and my brother are super close he baptized this is your brother who baptized you right excuse me this is your brother who baptized you exactly yeah. right so he's he's with us for two months right he's like He's getting all of it. He's in the make of Mormonism. He served his mission, right, in, in Sandy Murray, Utah, right? Like just Salt Lake area, right? Mm -hmm. um, and, and, and But now he's here like as my brother, right? And he's visiting and he can relax. And he knows because we're super close. We're on the same journey, right? Mm -hmm. uh, a lot of doubts there, a lot of doubts with me, whatever. And he didn't want to go. But then he ends up going, Right. Just like to, to sit with me. Right. Or whatever. Just to support you. Yeah. Yes. So as soon as we get in, the bishop is already up there. My friend Bishop, who was absent. Of, yes. He's up there. And he goes, he goes red in a second. When he I'm sorry. He does what? Oh, he goes red. His face goes red. Yeah. yeah. He's, like, he's at the pulpit. He's, he's announcing things. He knows he needs to give his testimony and then the mic is open, but he sees my face and he sees my brother. I don't know if he knew that that's my brother. He knew there's Mitya and another guy coming in, and here we are. What am I gonna do? Because I know what I have to do, I know what the script says, right? And, and it's happening. 
it's I knew I saw he start he started stuttering. I felt sorry for him. He barely said his testimony, and after he finished, um, people started coming up. That would have been a good time for him to have borne a forty-minute testimony. Absolutely, and, and and they would because he had a plan. Yeah, you know there were guys scheduled, right? So he says he starts inviting, says Amen, and starts inviting the missionaries up first. Oh wait a second! Oh, interesting. So well, this is the plan. Like, there we is should have filibustered this thing. He made yeah. a mistake here. <laughs> but he invites so, he starts inviting people okay any absolutely. okay missionaries brother jones brother smith anybody but me check come up here yeah. and bear your testimony yeah. quickly yeah. And this, there were like six people who like lined up and and they knew it's gonna be dumb like they knew right like that's what that's the script going by the script so they start taking seats behind the pulpit and all of a sudden my brother starts standing up and he's he starts moving towards the pulpit. i'm saying are you going he said, yeah, I, I didn't want to, but I, yeah, I'm going. So he goes before me. I didn't even stand up, right? I'm still sitting. He goes up, sits up there, and then I stand up and I go. Mm-hmm. And we fill out like the, the, the pews behind the pulpit. It's people coming. It's like a, a choir up there. Wow, yeah. right? Like it's, it's now everyone knows what's going on, right? And, and, and everyone, it's, it's a movie, right? And they all go and share this, whatever. Like they go through three or four people and then it's my brother's turn. And he goes up and he starts super nicely introducing himself. Um, and later on, he said like, I just wanted to smooth it out. You know, why is there so much contention? Why is there like, you know, when we're just asking, why are we not allowed to ask, right? We have questions. Joseph Smith had you know, it's like paraphrasing him now, right? Like what he said, right? Mm-hmm. All of a sudden, when he's like, it's 20 seconds, 30 into his testimony, he mentions that he's my brother. He said, I heard that my brother, boom, Mike goes off. Yeah. Boom, at my brother? Yeah, like when he made it clear that he's my brother, the mic went off. So we're at the same situation a month later, right? Mm-hmm. And my brother's just like, you know, and I, I seriously got triggered to a point when I said, what are you guys doing? And I'm being loud. The mic is off. Everyone's sitting, waiting, listening, right? I'm, I'm turning to, to the bishop and I'm saying, brother, what are you doing? Let him speak. It's a, you know, it's a testimony meeting. He will talk about Christ for sure. I bet on my life, right? And and he the bishop stands up, starts going towards my brother, the mic is off, and and it's just like it all ends there. People start leaving, they already know the script from the month ago, right? The meeting is canceled again. The counselor stands up, the meeting is canceled again, everyone gets out, and we're left there, right? But there's this, of course, that triggered me, right? Like, and before that, I said, brother, what are you doing? Let him speak. Please sit down, turn his mic back on. And that was loud in the chapel, right? And and of course they're throwing that at me. It wasn't reverent. And yes, I felt it wasn't reverent. He like, wasn't being the rev- uh, reverent child. But what do God. you do, right? Like it it it's a it became a game, it's got nothing to do with the gospel of Jesus Christ, right? I'm, I'm you know, it's yeah. humiliating that chapel, everyone in there, like it's it's this is not what we're there. Like, this is not. 
Yeah. Misha, can I just jump in here with an observation of mine? This is, you know, obviously a church or an organization has mm -hmm. the right to um, moderate speech that goes on on its own property, right? We all get that, I think. Right. Um, and I think different people are going to come down on different places as to where that line might be. On the other hand, this is fast and testimony meeting. This is an open mic yeah, for anybody. <laughs> certainly, if you remember the ward, they don't restrict it to that. But for anybody to go up there and say what they want. Yes. So that's the other side of the coin. Yes. And it's like um, it's kind of like what you were saying earlier, Sarah, about, well, they ask you if you oppose. And then you're supposed to feel ashamed for responding and answering their question. This is the same kind of thing in my mind, which is you have an open mic. Yeah. And if you are going to have an open mic, then you probably better be ready for people to say what's on their mind. Yeah. Right. It's like you kind of started the whole thing. I like guess, you know, it's like you set the stage for it. Mm -hmm. <laughs> you know, it's an invitation. other Christian churches, that doesn't happen. No one's not a free mic. It's not an open mic for everyone. So it's, you wouldn't have that happen in another church, right? But this is where probably it is. Not. We are favored with an appearance Hi. by Maven. Maven are yes. Working? Am I am I coming through? Testing, testing, oh, yeah. one, two, three. Yes. Okay. So loud. It's just not through the roadcaster, is all. Okay. Um, I'm just gonna put but my yeah. like this. Is it that loud? Oh yeah. Oh, I have it on automatic, but I can okay. I can edit. <laughs> Go ahead, say whatever you want, please. Well, I don't want to be like blasting the audience out with it. So you, um, Bill? I think it's Okay. okay. All right. Anyway, so I just wanted to point out and talk about I, one of the more controversial figures in ex-Mormondom is new name Noah, and he ended up kind of reintegrating himself into a ward, and he basically had his last hurrah at a fast and testimony meeting. And again, regardless of where you come or go on that, his mic was not cut off. He had his say. He walked out of that building, and he never came back. And so I almost feel like if they had just let you say your piece, Mitya, I, the same thing would have happened. Like the, the problem would be over, but it's, I, I, I don't know. And I, I know, you know, because of that example that this has happened in wards before too, where someone will say something, they say their piece, they walk out and, and then it's usually done there. And then yeah. you can do your cleanup and everything after. I, I don't know. It just seems strange to me that they almost kind of kept it going with the, just really trying so hard to clamp, clamp down on all of this. So exactly. that was that was my two cents. Exactly. I feel like it totally backfired on them and they don't even know how to acknowledge that. Like, yeah. you know, more, if I can add to that, if that's okay. Um, sure. I just feel like that was more traumatic for everyone to have the meetings canceled than to hear three minutes of something that was uncomfortable, you know, mm -hmm. yeah. like that. But of course, they blame everything on me too, that he's caused such a scene and he's keep, he keeps disrupting the meetings. And it's like, no, you guys are the ones turning off the mic. Like, that's disruptive. You guys are ending the meeting. That's disruptive. Like three minutes of an uncomfortable talk is not exactly disruptive. It's uncomfortable, but it's not disruptive. So stop tagging him as the problem. You know, I just feel like it's, again, no accountability on them. And it's all 100% on me too, which is, again, shaming, you know. Have you noticed this is the pattern, Sarah, yet? That the leaders of the church never do anything wrong. It's always the fault of the members. Yes, for sure. Yeah, just. Yeah. But I have to acknowledge it. 
like something here, right? Like, so mm -hmm. I, I was triggered, right? I would, like in normal circumstance, I would never act like that. But this like, was your brother. And it and it's my brother and it happens the second time, right? And I yeah. know my brother is not there to cause issues, problems, right? To mock, to put down church. Um, no, he's there to smooth it out, right? I know his heart. This is my brother. He baptized me. Like we're on the same page, right? We're mm -hmm. struggling with the church for years now, right? Trying to find answers to questions. But what happened is like I get triggered and and of course I was louder, right? I mean, I, I was I was pretty loud, you know. They they started leaving and I said, what did I say? He said, oh, what he told me, he said, and I've been told by others that this is what he said. So multiple sources. Yield little faith. And shame, shame on, you. on you. Yeah. And I was looking at the leader standing around me. I said, ye of little faith. And I we start walking out from the pulpit. We start walking out into the hall. There's brother, brethren surrounding us, like, you know, like bouncers, mm -hmm. like from one, it came to five. Mm -hmm. you know? We got out and then we had a heated, like pretty much heated discussion outside. And then the bishop comes over and confronts my brother like nicely because he's a totally nice guy, polite. And I love him. I know, I know his heart. Right. But he's in the most difficult position. It's not me. It's him. It's mm -hmm. being a true friend. Working with the friend, but putting church first always mm -hmm. and feeding the agenda from the stake presidency. Right. Yeah. yeah. And, and that's the big that's the big issue here. Right. Yeah. Uh, members come last. Friends come last. Church comes first. church, not Christ. Church comes first. Itsumotuanagioni, as we would say in Japan. It means always and the same. Church is first. So if you want to tell us any more details about that, that's fine. But uh, did you get a visit later on that day? Um, Not later that day. When was it? Not later that day. So I thought it was that day. Who came over? You, no, not a visit, but you went to the stake president that Sunday. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Right so after. There's, there's stake president day. again texting me, right? So he's in his ward, right? And texting me, do you have a do you have do you have time coming in at one? Because church was at nine. When did you get that text? After you left the, the church? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. After right. of course it went straight to him, right? What happened? It's the right. second time Lochner is causing troubles, right? Mm -hmm. We need to do something. What's the next step? So so I get the text and um I went in and there's his counselor sitting with him, right? So now it's the whole stake presidency. And it it's so, you know, because I sat on the other side, you know, and I was like a part of disciplinary councils. It's the most disgusting thing that can happen to a member in this church. I feel ashamed. And at this point, I want to apologize to every member in Slovenia that ever had to sit down with me while I was branch president. And I... And I was going with the district, right? With the district leader's agenda feeding in, knowing some somewhere deep down in me that this is not what I should be doing. This is not, this is not my job. This is humiliating people. This is not what we should talk about. We should go home, spend time with our family, right? And 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 apologize sincerely to everyone, and and, and I can always stand up and, and say that for sure. Like it's, you know, I know it today. I feel it today, right? 
And and so I end up in front of three men. It becomes like it's pretty much questioning me. Why are we causing these problems? Why did I bring my brother? Blah, blah, blah. It gets heated real fast. So it's the branch. Uh, sorry, it's the state president leading, you know, and it's the two um, counselors just participating, right? Like trying to get a, you know, hand of me. And, and, and I see how, you know, how he's troubled, how the state president is troubled because he's there in his tie, white shirt. He needs to come out, you know how, right? winning mm-hmm. this battle right but there's no battle we're talking right so I, we keep challenging each other and he invites me to read the book of mormon go and make notes you know and and at one point like you know we're talking about doctrinal things i bet right and he gets kind of uncomfortable right right of course they get uncomfortable and 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 he says this is this is the spirit of contention. We will stop here. We will not talk anymore. So that's where he comes. He transforms from the nice stake president yes. into a soldier of, you know, of, of the church, like putting down his life for those people in the big and spacious building. Right. Yeah. Nothing says you're winning the argument. I like playing the spirit of contention guard. Yeah. One comment from that meeting that really bothered me that me to relate to me later was um towards the end they were asking like he was asking like you know you need to calm down your actions and not be just so disruptive and then he kind of threw out this comment of like are you even a citizen here you know because as maybe most can figure if we came from europe we did have to go through the immigration process and if anyone knows what that is for a family um transitioning to another country especially into america it's like thousands of dollars and two years of stress Mm -hmm. and um to try to like throw that at someone from a church leadership position to try to scare him i just found it so um so shallow you know just so low of a blow to like throw even like the legality of that on him or as a threat like are you even one of us you know as if it's like some competition it just seemed really it just sat in my heart to hear that yeah and i asked him and i said excuse me brother did you hear that correctly are you threatening me with with police what what, what's this all about right and it ended up sorry it ended up like i said you know what i suggest you do your part i'll do my part but he tried to convince me and 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 have me announce there like that I will come to church, worship peacefully, sit in the pew. I want, I'm not allowed to talk anymore. He told me, I'm not, you're not allowed to talk in any meetings, you know, come, we love you. We miss you, but be there in that corner and shut up. Right. Mm -hmm. And I said, you know, I can't promise you that. I don't even know if I'm going to be alive tomorrow. Like, you know, like, let's see what happens. Let's see where the spirit (laughs) leads us. I'll do my thing. You do your thing. Right. But I don't like your left, thing. left the meeting, right? There was counselors challenging me and saying, you you should like you should be more respectful, you know. The I don't know, the first, the second one. You know, he's I've never spoken to him before, but he goes like having his back, right? So you should be more respectful. When the bishop turns your mic off, you should go down with no comments and sit in your pew, you know, and and like you know, just just be there and, and not talk anymore, you know. You should be you lack. I said, well, I guess you know how that goes because they turned your mic off five, six times, right? 
I mean, I just you do when they turn off your mic. Do you go sit down so quietly? It's like you know, it's no one's ever done that. <laughs> yeah. So, so well, that it, think, yeah, it takes some American Mormons, um, a Slovenian, to come over and teach them about freedom of speech. Exactly. Yeah, I think it should start there, right there. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> I am concerned though, and I know you've already addressed it that the stake president brings up in this meeting with you the question of whether you are a citizen. Yeah. Right. And then it kind of because, let me let me just say, I mean, if you were to get in trouble with the law, that could have a really negative impact on your citizenship here, right? Like your entire oh, family. Sure. <laughs> yeah. Like yeah. it goes a lot deeper than just a question. Are you a citizen? I mean, it's just like, oh, my gosh. I think he knows it's he knew exactly what he's saying. It was mm -hmm. intentional. It was like a, a threat, like directly to yeah, me. Just, right. And I said, are you talking about like, at least sorry, implicitly, at least. Yes. Yes. So I said, what he said, you can talk, whatever, you know, like just not on the church property. You're not allowed to speak. You know, I said, so I can go on the other side of the, um, of the road, like, and, uh, you know, I can talk and, there and shout like, you know, and he was like, just, yeah, there's no answer. Right. Like, of course I can do that. Right. It was like a rhetorical, but, um, yeah, that's how that meeting ended. Uh, right? Let me check. Excuse me. Who's Andrew Evans, Sarah. I believe one of my childhood friends. <laughs> Andrew Evans has got a comment up here. It says, hey, Sarah, miss you, old friend. Aww. I feel like this is an episode of This Is Your Life. Yeah. <laughs> Wonderful. Yeah. Okay, great. Miss you, too. <laughs> I, like, I like it. Connections being made. Okay, now, okay, let me just ask the direct question. When do the cops show up? Six days after I left the stake president's office in the meeting. Yeah, so the next so that Saturday. was Sunday. The next Saturday, two cops knock on the door in the middle of the day. Sarah. Yeah, two cops show up. It's just four o'clock on a Saturday. And I'm like, hey, what's up? And they're like, hey, is Mitya available? And then they like had a pause. And I was like, and Boru. I was like, that's my brother. Up. I was like, <laughs> is everything okay? Like, cause at first they said, it's me too. I was like, Oh yeah, he is. And then when they asked for border, I was like, wait, hold on. This is like weird. Like, why are you asking for our visitor from Sylvania? Like that's, mm -hmm. you know, by the way, my brother's taking a nap. Yeah. And yeah, I go into the room. He's literally, thinking, Oh my God. Am I married to the mob? <laughs> yeah. And so we, and I'm like, yeah, I'm like, is everything okay? Like, yeah, we just need to talk to him. I was like, okay, well, come on in. And um, we go get Boru, and he's like, sleeping. wait, never invite the police into your home, okay? Oh. Same thing with vampires, just a note for the future. Okay. I, I mean, there, it was sunny outside. So, you know, I thought they would maybe melt. I don't know. <laughs> what? <laughs> we go and wake up Boru, and Boru literally thought we were joking, like, hey, Boru, wake up. The cops are here, you know, like, the like... cops are here to give. They thought, he thought we were just trying to get him out of bed because, like, you know, I'm come sure. on, get up, be with the family. And, but we're like, no, really, there are cops here for you. So poor guy, he gets out of bed and, you know, like, what the heck is going on? And they were asked to, to to go and get our IDs and come over. So he checked our IDs. He checked his passport. And you don't have to show him that. And our children are I'm sorry. I'm sorry. This is just a little. Um, okay. No, good to know. Don't yeah. ever do By that. the way, I appreciate the good legal advice because I think we all could use it from time to time. Yes, Never absolutely. talk to the effing cops. Okay, that's the bottom line. But go ahead. Don't invite them into your home. You said that's I was a good just one. trying to be a good, you know, nice neighbor here. You know, good. Oh, I know. They play on it. Believe me. But right. nothing, okay, but go ahead. Tell us what happened. Yeah. So no, we we showed them our IDs, you know, and I started asking them, saying like, 
uh, gentleman, like, can I, can I know who issued this call? And he said, oh, I would have to go back to the car and like check it. You know, I said, was it the bishop or, or the stake president? Well, we should probably say what the cops said. They came oh, in and sorry, they said, yeah. um, we're here to issue a no trespassing order um, by the Church of Jesus Christ of Latter-day Saints. They just mentioned the names of the church. They didn't mention any person who called, right? It was no paper, name. nothing. Yeah, there was no paper. And they just said, so you're no longer allowed on your local ward property. Right. Um, not on it, not in it. You can't go there anymore. So um, we we're just like, okay. What are you thinking? I was just shocked, right? And, and like, I was like, like, of course, like, always like, whatever. <laughs> no, okay, yeah, like I understand. Like this is the game. I'm already playing that game, right? Although I don't want to, but it's their game, and this is how things apparently go, right? Mm -hmm. This is the next step, right? These are the rules of the game. Yes, yep. this is they're the process of making know. you disappear. So, yeah. Misha, that's when you ask him. Okay, so who's this coming from? Exactly. Yeah, who's this coming here? He said, I would have to go. I said, no problem. I'll call the bishop. The cops leave. I call the bishop and I say, hey, hey, brother. Two cops just showed up like on a Saturday. Like, did you, did you issue that call? And he said, yes, I did. And I said, wow. Like, you didn't call me after everything? What? Like, we've been through a lot in these past months, right? Yeah. But you don't call me, you, you don't warn me, you don't talk to me, you don't ask questions, nothing. So I sit down with the stake president six days after you call the cops on us and, and, and on my brother. And, and, and here we are today. Why did you do that? And then that goes into an emotional talk and he starts apologizing. He, he, he is apologizing, like not to know how to handle things, right? Like it's, it's, He's torn. We are good friends. He doesn't want to ruin the relationship, right? But he he kind of had to do it, right? But I already know it's the stake president orchestrating everything, right? And he mm -hmm. needs to follow the, the rules of the game, right? And I feel bad for him again, like, honestly. And it's just, I said, okay, so that the talk goes for a few more minutes. And I said, like, and then he ends up, like, saying, uh, just, just to notice, you might get something from the security department. LDS security. I've never heard of that department. Like what? Like Who has that calling? <laughs> yeah. What what calling is that? Another calling, right? Security <laughs> department. Like, you know, church, they may send you a paper to make it like formal. Mm -hmm. And then Sarah, I said, okay, yeah. let them send over whatever, right? Like if, if that's like, yeah, you do what you need to do. I said, I love you, brother. I know you're in a tough position, but, but, you know, you've been called from God, right? To do this shouldn't mm -hmm. shouldn't be so tough, right? If it's from God, right? Then you're on the right side. Well, I just you know when the cops left and that phone call. Ironically, it was at four o'clock, and at five o'clock there was this big primary activity for all the families to be invited. It's like a big carnival thing, and I was like, how ironic that like right before that, not that we would be going, but it was just, you know, a total shift of like, okay, we're legally not allowed. Well, I could go, but like my husband's not allowed to go anymore with us if I were to ever attend anything. And so that was just an ironic moment of like, you know, we're definitely a good thing. I didn't tell the kids about the carnival because that would be a disappointment for them to not be able to go. But um, and Sarah, my, you didn't take this quite as calmly as Misha did. At this point, I was shocked. And my only reaction was honestly just to laugh. At that point, I just was like, 
this is so bizarre. Like they sent cops to our home. Like our kids are here, you know? And, um, it just, it was, I was just shocked. I truly was. I wasn't as upset. I did get more upset when I found out who it was from, that it wasn't from the state president because it was a friend. And that obviously hurts more to have that happen. Right. But I, I really did just laugh. And I looked at my brother-in-law and I said, you know what? I think, cause I'd been so quiet in the background for these few months about everything, you know, I was like, you know, maybe I will post something about this that like they kind of crossed the line here by sending cops to my home, you know? So that's when I started to think like, maybe I will speak up and just share my two cents on it. Right. Um, anyways. So, yeah. And then, um, tell us about you sharing your two cents with the Bishop. Um, that was after the letter arrives. Oh, okay. Yeah. So we probably need to speed up to jump to that. Cause that's kind of the juice of it. Right. Yeah. This but is the decree. This is the decree. We're by the, this episode gets its title, Shining by Decree. Yeah. Yes. But Can I just I think, jump in for yes, just yeah, a split second? You, you say it's bizarre that they send the <laughs> cops, but it's not. Let me just I read know. one little quick event from LDS history. On November 11th, 1943, LDS apostles Joseph Fielding Smith and Harold B. Lee, Lee gathered with Salt Lake City police officers, including Chief Reed Viterli outside the small center street apartment of elderly Annie Sophie Jacobson. The apostles and officers burst into her home, breaking the door down and discovered LDS apostle Richard Lyman, 74 years old, in bed with Jacobson, who was not his wife. Yeah, After like gathering the evidence, also. the two apostles reported back to J. Reuben Clark, first counselor to the LDS president Heber J. Grant. Clark, who handled most of the church's duties because Grant was ill, had ordered the raid. A day later, Lyman was excommunicated for violation of the Christian law of chastity, unquote. The church has no problem to bend the rules or do bizarre things in order to uh, well, to get its point across. Well, thankfully, me too wasn't in bed with anyone. <laughs> yeah, no, but kicking somebody's door down on a private yeah, religious no, issue <laughs> using the chief of police wow. is yeah, bizarre. It's really intense. Like, that's bizarre. <laughs> yeah, it is. And it's creepy, actually. And also sad that they would go there first. So, um, yeah, it's, uh, so that was Saturday. And by Wednesday, we received a letter. And this is the letter. So here's the letter. And by the way, this is a letter from Curtin McConkie, signed by Curtin McConkie. More than anything else in your story, this letter frosts me. Yeah. And maybe that's because I'm a lawyer. And because this comes from ostensibly a law firm, but um, I'm going to read it first and then maybe people will understand my distaste for it. Mr. Lochner, we represent the Church of Jesus Christ of Latter-day Saints, the church. This letter is to inform you that you are prohibited from attending any meeting or entering any property owned, controlled, or associated with the church wherever located, including but not limited to the church's chapels, stake centers, seminaries, institutes, headquarters, temples, mission homes, etc. Okay, that's very offensive to me as an attorney, especially the, the etc. It gets worse. But do I, let me make it clear why that, that really upsets me. Because they're telling you you can't go on any church property, and then they put an etc. there. Okay, I guess they're just saying these are examples of places where you can't go. Right. And one wonders if that includes City Creek Mall, which exactly. I guess it would. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> you can't go shopping. No. Like, I can't spend money. 
it's like that's the cheapest parking in Salt Lake. So what if you're what if you're running an apartment the church owns? What if uh, you know? Can't bake what it if, so I can't bake anymore. <laughs> what if you're walking through some land in Florida that they own? What what you know? What if? <laughs> yep, yep. What if? And by the way, it would be a great response to say, "Okay, I will abide by this." But in order to do that, you have to give me a complete list of all properties owned by the LDS Church, so I can obey this order. Exactly. Um, long list. Yeah. Oh, you are also prohibited. This is the part that really gets me. You are also prohibited from contacting any leader volunteer missionary or employee of the church whether by phone electronically in person or via third party now the reason that frosts me is because that's a bunch of bs this is a huge overreach by lawyers they have no authority to tell you who you can talk to who you can contact and by the way any um, I'm going to look at try and look at the uh, screen because I'm going to address Kurt McConkie right now. I hope you're listening. If not, SEMC people, would you please convey the message? You lawyers at Kurt McConkie, based on this letter, you're a bunch of hacks. Yeah. And I would be embarrassed to be associated in any way with your law firm. Okay, I think I've made my point. Isn't every, isn't almost every Mormon a volunteer? Like, aren't we all volunteers well, in Mormonism? <laughs> every member a what, Bill? Every member Every member's a missionary. Yes, <laughs> this covers everybody in the church. It's this a volunteer ministry. Utah. Yeah. What they have done is they have shunned Micha by decree. This is the decree. Mm -hmm. The church is now shunning people by decree, including shunning them from others mm -hmm. who might actually want to have a relationship with them, might still want to continue their friendship, might want to meet with them. Yeah. But they are saying you can't contact anybody. Everybody's a volunteer in this church. If you have a calling, you're a volunteer. Everybody's a missionary in this church. Lots of leaders, lots of employees, blah, blah, blah. And they're saying you can't contact them anyway. You know, that's yes. BS. And right now I, I just restrained the, the urge to flip them off. Okay. <laughs> Me too. All right. Because that's you. That's you guys. You guys need to crawl back under your rock and look at some law lately and figure out what it is and pull your head out of your ass. I'm sorry. This really pisses me off. Thank and I said, this is now. I'm sorry. I apologize for my language. Mom, forgive me. But this is the part that gets me more than anything. We're going to continue. Uh, actually, let me go ahead and continue reading. Maybe that will calm me. You are also prohibited from entering any property owned or controlled by our law firm. I almost said it. Or from contacting our law firm. Excuse me, who yeah. the hell do you think you are? Exactly. Now, the problem is, the problem is, is that this is completely unenforceable. Now, the part about trespassing, yeah, they can do that, sure. And you have to have a notice and it has to be official in order for it to be a criminal charge if you go back on the property. Yeah, got that. But all this contact crap is ridiculous. And the thing is that they know they have no authority to say this. Okay. They know they have no authority to say this thing about not contacting people. Or if not, they should. And regardless, they want you to believe it, Misha. <laughs> Mm -hmm. They write it because they want you to believe it. They want to intimidate you, not only into submission, but into a monastery, mm -hmm. into a nunnery, mm -hmm. into complete isolation. Mm -hmm. Do you have a calling in the in the ward, Sarah? 
Um, I asked to be released just shortly before all this actually started. Okay, well, if you had a calling, you're a volunteer in the church. He can't contact you, just so yeah, you know. Exactly. Mm -hmm. Good thing I got out, right? It is, just in time. Yeah. Just so it goes on. The only, uh, oh, the only exception to the foregoing limitation, uh, yeah, illegal limitations. The only exception to the foregoing limitations is that church leaders may reach out to you in the future to discuss excommunicating your ass. Oh, it says to discuss a membership council. <laughs> They're reaching out. There's Don't not call us. We'll call you. Yeah. <laughs> Sit in the corner. Somebody's going to have to. You're going to have to mute me, Bill. Uh, their reaching out does not constitute permission for further correspondence, which we had no legal right to prohibit in the first place, mm. nor does it negate the effects of this trespass. So you're still trespassed. They can reach out to you, but you can't reach back. And only if it's about a membership council. You are prohibited from responding to church leaders following any membership council. F you, pal. I'll respond to anybody I damn well please. And you guys can take this letter and shove it up your ass. Oh, I guess we should have put a, a language Amen. warning on this Amen. beforehand. I thought, get the kids out of the room, guys. Folks. <laughs> Amen. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> So uh, then it goes, your immediate compliance is required because we may not be God, but we're God's lawyers. If you come onto the property described above or contact leaders, volunteers, missionaries, workers now gets added, okay, workers or our law firm, in violation of these restrictions, church leaders or our office will call police and you may be subject to arrest and prosecution as well as additional restrictions for trespass and harassment. Yeah, yeah. Sincerely, no signature, because nobody at Curtin McConkie has the cojones to sign their freaking name to a Absolutely. trespass letter. Yep. You guys are a bunch of gutless wonders, aren't you? I hope you really feel happy representing this church. Yeah. I hope you charge them a buttload for writing this piece of crap letter, too. I was going to say, they certainly get paid well. Yeah. Uh, whatever. Sincerely, Curtin McConkey typed. Oh, man. Okay. So I've said pretty much everything I have to say about this letter. Uh, does anybody else have any thoughts? I think Sarah does because that's a turning point. Or like, no. So, yeah. Like I said, I have been pretty quiet through all these months. The only time I had really spoken to anyone was really to Mitya saying, like, let's just tone it down a bit, you know, or applauding him for being brave to go into sacrament. But when this letter came, I waited for him to get home to open it. And when we read it, we we're just outside. Honestly, the kids were playing. I read it and I just went to like this almost like an anxiety attack. I was just shaking. Like I just it went for I couldn't laugh anymore at the police. I couldn't like just be like whatever. I couldn't just brush things off anymore. I was it literally lit fire in me because I felt so, so betrayed by the church that I've been so faithfully dedicated, like so faithfully, like whole heart and soul. Like you couldn't be more in, I feel like then not to like put me like on a pedestal, but I was truly in with those who were truly in, like I was in and I felt so betrayed. I couldn't believe that anyone could write this letter to my husband, let alone the church that we had both served faithfully in, you know? And, um, I was on my way to uh, a nail appointment, but I said, I'm actually leaving early now, guys, because I have to go straight to the bishop. I I can't breathe. Like, this is not okay. And so even though I technically am a third party contacting a leader, I was already breaking the rule by going to the bishop. But I just... Not if you're not doing it at Meech's instruction, but go ahead. Okay, thank you for the clarification. Mm -hmm. Yeah. 
I, uh, yeah, it was on my own free will for sure. I just flew over there, went straight to the house, knocked on the door. I was just shaking. I'd bawled the whole way that I got to the front door and I kind of like put myself together. So I wasn't bawling at the time I knocked on the door and uh, the bishop and his wife welcomed me in. They hugged me and I was just like, thank you again for all this lovely, like, you know, as if nothing's happened, <laughs> you know, like, oh, so good to see you. How are you? And I'm like, I literally can't even say hi. I said, can I please speak to you, Bishop, right now privately? And I was just very short and quick. And he took me downstairs. He was kind of like, not sure where to go, right? I just kind of like came in. And we went downstairs. And before he like could even sit down, I just shoved the letter, you know, in his face. And I said, can you read this, please? And he started looking and he goes, oh, oh, I have this. And I was like, whoa, what? I'm like, you have a copy of this already? You know what this says? And that was just another blow to my heart because I was like, I thought you would be shocked to hear what we got, you know? And I was like, you're aware of everything that's going on here? And he goes, yeah. And so honestly, he did not have much room to speak at all. I was just throwing fire at him, just like, and I can't even remember what I said, honestly. I just was spitting fire. I was so mad. I was crying. I was yelling at him. I was way more aggressive and throwing harassment than me ever did in the chapel and i was in his home you know like totally inappropriate of me um but i probably whoa, whoa, whoa. sarah totally mm -hmm. appropriate totally deserved thank you okay go ahead <laughs> so i just said um i do remember one coherent thing that i said was um you know you really missed an opportunity there bishop because I get what Meteor was going to do was uncomfortable for everyone. I was like, but what you did was you instilled fear and everyone, especially of the youth that were in attendance that Sunday when you turned off his mic and in the following month as well, I said, you know, like, yes, you silenced someone who had doubts, but what you also did was instill fear. Because if I was a 15 year old sitting in that sacrament meeting and I saw that happen, I would say to myself, hold up never ever voice any be very careful what you say sir because if you slip out one thing that maybe sounds like you have a doubt they could turn off your mic and they could in church and there couldn't be anything more humiliating to a young person than having that happen and right that is exactly the message you're said, supposed to get. i said you really missed the opportunity to be christ-like to be long-suffering to have patience to be understanding when it's uncomfortable mm -hmm. you know i said what if you would have just let him speak for three minutes and then let him go sit down. And then you get up and say, thank you, Brother Lochner, for being so vulnerable to share that with us. We hope you find trust again. And then move on with your meeting, you know? It's mm -hmm. like, you understand, like, the difference that would have set, that would have made people feel like this is a safe place to be. But what you taught is this is not safe. And what you've taught is that their reputation is more important than the well-being of anyone in that room. Because, like I said earlier, shutting off the meeting was more traumatizing than what he could have said, you know? And half the time, I mean, let's be honest, so many people in that room are like not even paying attention. They're on their phones, right? And so people start paying attention when you make a scene by cutting yeah. it off. So that was more of a like shift of faith mm -hmm. for anyone if you really look at it, you know, because we've had friends who we've reached out or, you know, people we've talked to and that maybe made them uncomfortable when we addressed it. But they were like, yeah, we kind of didn't really know what was going on because, you know, <laughs> they probably weren't paying attention. Right. right. Until the phone or until the mic was turned off. But what I just. What is the bishop doing? What is he saying? Who? The bishop while you're. Oh, he wasn't speaking. I didn't let him speak. I was just going 100% all the time. 
Um, and then I left, honestly, I, the last thing I said, I said, I just, I don't, I want nothing to do with this organization. Anyone that can write that is disgusting and I want no part of it. I want my name removed immediately. And I just let, I ran up the stairs crying and I left. And um, he later texted me and said, I know you're really upset. And I, and I totally understand. There was one line that I'm hesitant to share because it is someone that I have cared about, but you know, they say like, we're just really sad that you don't feel our love. And I'm saying, I'm sorry, but that's extremely manipulative uh, language there because you've sent cops to our home. You've sent an extremely aggressive letter. And then you're shocked that we don't feel your love. Like, I don't want to hear that anymore. You know, mm -hmm. I'm sick of hearing that people love us whenever this shit happens, you know? And then they act like, it's just like, like it was just mind boggling. So he reached out to me the next day and said, I understand you're upset. I'm happy to send you the info you need um, for your name to be removed. But I would hope that we would be able to speak again. I didn't really get to make my point. And of course, I threw back even more fire and through text. Like, yeah, it's really a great feeling when your mic is turned off, right? Like, you know, it hurt. It sucks when you can't actually say what you want to say, right? Because I didn't let you speak yesterday. Like, so maybe you know how my husband feels. We decided to meet a couple of days later. I think it was, that was Wednesday when I went. And then on Friday, I went again and we had a much more calm um, discussion. It shouldn't be up yet. Yeah. This, yeah. this will be a little bit later. Okay. Oh, Continue. yeah. Sorry. No. So I, I met with him again. And that time he had, you know, cleared out his home and we sat in the foyer and it was nice. And I did stay calm. And, uh, you know, he explained to the processes of the church that once you call the police, you have to contact the sick president and that this letter is automatic. And I said, do you believe that what my husband did is deserving of this letter? And he said, no, it's not. And I said, well, then what can we do? He's like, well, I'll do what I can to remove it. And I was like, I don't know if that's possible, but it got to the point. He's like, well, what if Mitya doesn't want me to do that? And I said, enough about what Mitya wants or what I want. And why wouldn't Mitya want to have it done anyways? But like enough about what the state president wants you to do, about what I want you to do. I'm like, what do Ooh. you want to do? If you look at the situation, what in your soul feels like the right thing to do? You know, I said, this is where the church has failed me. It never taught me to have like, like critical thinking or like even to trust myself. I had to always follow the book, you know, like stop following the book here. Like this is not righteous, you know? And um, anyway, so he said, well, Mitya never reached out to me regarding this letter. I'm like, he's not allowed to reach out to you regarding this letter. Have you read the letter? <laughs> you know, I'm like, why are you expecting him to come to you? Like, of course, Mitya is silenced. You've put him in a corner put a black sackcloth over his head, tied his hands behind his back and put duct tape on his mouth. And you're just keeping him there. If he can't make a move anymore and we're in freaking Utah County. What do you think this feels like to have this letter over your head in Utah County? And he goes, I can't even imagine. I said, yeah, <laughs> you can't, you know? And when I said like, he can't contact you, he's like, oh, well, he could contact me. I'm like, no, you haven't read the letter. These are serious threats, like arrestment. Okay. Like, what are we supposed to do with this? There's no end date. Right. <laughs> you know? And yeah. it's not even in America. It's like worldwide. Even if we go back to Slovenia, you know, good thing the church is small there. <laughs> right? So, so it was uh, very heated and, and it did end on a much better no. And, um, but again, it was just, it was just this, it's just sad. It's just sad ending because there's really no, there's really no like, <laughs> Well, well like, I wish it were the ending. 
Sarah, I really appreciate your your sharing, you know, how you felt and everything that happened there. Because I know this uh, it's not been an easy process for you. I know it hasn't been easy for Misha either, but um here than, than for Sarah. Yeah. But it's not over yet because last yeah. Thursday, by the way, I, I keep jumping from main point to main point. Uh, let me know if there's anything I'm skipping over, okay? It's all good. Okay. So last, <laughs> Thank Thursday, you. So last Thursday was Today's the 13th, and so that would have been six days ago, probably the 7th. Yeah. Mm -hmm. uh, September 7th, 2023, Misha gets a text message from the state president. Yes. Yeah. Is that Brian? Who shall not be named, yes. Morgan. <laughs> okay, so it's Brian Morgan. Okay, got it. There you go. Oh, Misha's we need to get back. Garden Grove or Pleasant Grove. Pleasant Grove. <laughs> Look, these guys should not be able to hide behind some kind of blanket of anonymity, which they want and they crave and they try and enforce and get people to be scared to mention their names. This is yeah. President, State President Brian Morgan. He's down there in Pleasant Grove, and he's just going to have to suck it up and have to deal with having what he's done told to other people. Okay? Sorry, President. Sorry, Brian. But go ahead. Now, Mecha. You got this on Thursday. It looks like at 1.33. Oh, it may have been saying, LOL, I blacked the wrong name. I'm glad you blacked out the wrong name. And by the way, I, 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 I blocked out. Maven, are you one of theirs? Like... <laughs> Sorry. I meant to like pull it down and fix it. But yeah, yeah. You know what? We'll just we'll just roll with it. <laughs> I'll just say, like we, you know, we try to go to great lengths to redact things that are appropriate. This, I don't think this is an appropriate thing. This, this is a church leader who is reaching out to you. This isn't a confidential message. It's not protected by anything. We're not exposing some innocent person. This is somebody directly involved. I yes. don't see the issue here. Yes, and there is none except the one that they would like there to be, so they could hide their works of darkness under a cloak of anonymity. Go ahead. Um, do you want to read this, Bill? By the way, the yep. black yeah, yeah. Misha. Okay, so hi, Misha. Hey, brother. It's President Morgan. I wondered if you would have time to just come in and visit with me on Sunday at one o'clock. Just you and me. I feel bad that we've not had time yet. I've been super busy, but I would love to understand a little better your feelings and help you move forward. Oh, okay. So this is nice. So you responded, right, Misha? Absolutely. I always do. Okay, what, could you read your response? Yeah. Hi, President Morgan. Mm, you have to say Brian. Hi, Hi Brian. Because <laughs> I don't call him president. And I, I know. Yeah, Brian. Hi, Brian. Happy Friday to you and your family. Thank you for inviting me to come in on a Sunday. But since it's not a membership council, I don't think I'm allowed, don't you think? And that's because you're referencing the letter you got from Kurt McConkie, yeah. right? Absolutely. Okay. Will, this is the reason you bring it up. Yeah. I will talk to you outside the office like Mitya to Brian. No white shirts, no ties, no titles. Show up as a brother to brother. There is absolutely no resentment on my side. I try to follow Christ always. Sunday at one works for me under the above conditions with Christ's love, Mitya. Okay. And so then a uh, response from Brian Morgan, the state president. Uh, Mitya, thank you for responding. You are, of course allowed to come visit with me in the state president's office by my invitation. Danger, oh. Will Robinson. 
The purpose is to actually discuss the need for a membership council. By the way, notice the bait and switch. The original message is just come in and talk to me. We'll just yeah, have a good well, conversation. Just, friends. just friend to friend, right? And now he's saying, but the purpose is actually. Mm -hmm. That's why they call him Two-Faced Brian. The purpose is to actually discuss the need for a membership council, which I didn't bring up in the first one. But now that you mention it, I guess I'll confess. I'd like to listen. Thank you for agreeing to meet with me. This will be in between a few of my duties on a busy Sunday, so I will be in my white shirt and tie. Please feel free to come dressed as you like. I look forward to our visit. Thanks so much. Smiley face. Always a smile. Is that a smile? I said always a smiley face. Always a smiley face. Yes. More, you know, I just hate it. I think Passive if Count Dracula lived today and we're sending out text messages, he would use a lot of smiley faces too. <laughs> Do you want to read your response there, Misha? Thank you for clearing it up. So it is on the topic of my membership. I will joyfully attend. See you on Sunday. Right. And then <laughs> you were sending this to me. You were sending this to everybody yeah. uh, in the show production, me, Bill, Maven. And I saw this and it was on Saturday and I was just getting done uh, in the middle of this podcast I was recording. And um, I saw this and thank goodness I did because I thought, wait a second, this is Saturday. You've already committed to going and seeing him on Sunday. And all the red lights and the alarms are sounding in my lawyer brain. Mm -hmm. And I did everything I could to get a hold of you. And I finally did. And I said, don't look, yeah. I said, you're your own guy. Okay. You can make your own decisions, but I'm telling you right now, don't. I don't think I wrote to you in a text. I don't think that they're really trying to set you up or anything underhanded like that. But the state president does not have the power to modify the terms of this notice from Curtin McConkie. The state president doesn't own the building. Curtin, Curtin McConkie represents the people who do mm -hmm. or the guy who does. Mm -hmm. Yeah. So. That's the thing. And the first thing that comes to my mind is, of course, as a criminal defense attorney, I've represented guys who are charged with violation of a no contact order. And as often as not, what happens is that the, the guy gets in some kind of fight with his wife or his girlfriend. There's a charge. There's a no contact order issued saying you can't have any contact. He has to stay outside the house or an apartment or something. And a few days goes by and the phone rings and the wife or the girlfriend is saying, honey, I miss you. Can you come back and we spend some time together? And the guy goes, oh, okay, everything's nice. And he goes back, things go south, and the cops get called, and then he gets arrested for violating the no contact order mm -hmm. because the wife has no authority to modify a court order. Yeah. And the state president has no authority to modify a notice from the church's lawyers. Yeah. So I was saying, I don't think they're trying to set you up, you know, and 99 times out of 100, nothing happens, everything's fine. But you don't want to be that one out of 100. And yeah. especially in a situation you're in where any contact with the law could endanger your citizenship status. And I just want to note, RFM, when you and I were talking this week about it, um, I thought when I was reading the letter, my impression was the exception for the letter, uh, the exception for the no trespassing is to have the discussion about the membership council. Sounds like that's how you two understood it as well. But as mm -hmm. RFM pointed out, that later paragraph says this does not mm -hmm. your your communicating about a membership council has nothing to do with the trespass order that stays in effect regardless. Right. Can we put the letter up again just for a second? Yeah. 
And you'll see that a straightforward reading of this could apply to communication, but not to trespass. The middle paragraph. Yeah, they're reaching. Yeah, you want to read that, Bill? The only exception to the foregoing limitations is that the church leaders may reach out to you in the future to discuss a membership council. Their reaching out does not constitute permission for further correspondence, so the first part of the letter, nor does it negate the effects of this trespass, the second part of that first paragraph. Hence, it's still in effect, even, even though he wants to meet with you about the one thing that is the exception. Right. And he says, of course, as a state president, I can, of course, invite you. And he may legitimately believe that. But he's wrong, legally speaking. Yeah. So you took the advice and you sent your state president another text, correct? Mm -hmm. Correct. And we have that? Yeah. Misha, could you read that? Yes. Letting you know, I will not be coming in tomorrow. I have consulted my attorney who has advised me not to go on any church property unless advised in writing by KM, Curtin McConkie, that I may. As we both know, you have no authority over Curtin McConkie's decree. My home is always open for a place of discussion. And you sent that on Saturday? Mm-hmm. Yes. And what, if anything, has the state president communicated in response? It's almost Thursday. I didn't get anything nothing. back. So Nothing, nothing. Zero. 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 You went into the invitation to our home. <laughs> Would have made some lemonade, you know? <laughs> yeah. No, it, it, it's sad. It's, yeah, zero response. So it is interesting. But it he is. loves me and he misses me dearly. Oh, he's going to love you to death. I know. By the way, just so you both know, and I already mentioned this to Sarah, uh, the next step is for two guys in ties and suits to show up on your doorstep with a nice piece of paper to hand to you, Misha. That will happen. And they're going to give you a piece of paper that's going to once again invite you to break this trespass notice that you've received. And if that happens, wouldn't that be interesting? Bill, I'm sorry, this is just hitting me as a a legal issue. What happens if you don't show up at your excommunication party because Mm -hmm. the church has forbidden you to show up? You're not allowed to show up. You can't show up at your membership council. They have to have it at some third-party location or your home. Yeah, but of course they won't. No. Yeah, I don't think that's enough to get it overturned within the church judiciary system. There also will no longer be the tw- the 12 men from the high council in that room either because you won't have the chance to speak to them for an hour. Right, you screwed that up for everybody, Bill. Thanks. Yeah, sorry. <laughs> so, Do you know what I'm talking about there, Sarah? You can ex- go in more. Bill, you want to explain that? Uh, Yeah, so the DNC is very clear that in a disciplinary court, you have a right to not only the three men presiding the stake presidency, uh, a clerk, but you also have a right to the 12 men of the high council, six of which are there to ensure that you're treated fairly and by the rules, and six are there to ensure that the church is treated fairly and by the rules. And after uh, Jeremy Runnels and myself recording our disciplinary courts, the church then in its handbook changed the policy so that the 12 men are no longer required. And you can bet your ass that the times where they choose that those 12 are not required are the instances where a high profile situation is happening and that person uh, is likely to be wanting to stand in front of those 12 to tell them what's wrong with the church and its history. Right, it's like in Star Trek, the, the one of the things we learned from Star Trek is don't put all of your ranking officers in the same shuttlecraft. 
That's the thing. Okay, just you the red suits. All of your high priesthood, uh, you know, your priesthood leadership and the high council and state presidency, and stick him in a room with somebody like Bill Real, and then give give him forty five minutes to an hour to say whatever he wants to say. Mm-hmm. Bad plan. So now they've changed the rules. They actually now have in the handbook something contradictory, believe it or not, to the doctrine and covenants that says it can be done without the high council. In fact, that's probably uh, the default position. Uh, it can be requested by the victim, but the state pre- president doesn't have to have him there. Just the state presidency is enough now. Right. Oh. Interesting. And Sarah, and they and love me, and everything's gonna be okay. Yeah, and it, and by the way, the recording of that is available at Mormon Discussions for Sarah and Michi and anybody else to listen to. Isn't that correct? A cleaned up version, right, Bill? There's a cleaned up version on YouTube without all the static from uh, the recording device being in my tie. Yes. Whoa. Are you coming out with this now? Yeah. I mean, I've, I've come clean in several places about how that whole thing went down. And, and again, I never lied. I wasn't my recording device. I didn't push record and I didn't place the device on myself. I'll refrain from cross-examination at this point. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I rest my case. Immediately. It was like when Justin called in, you know, boom, I just want to leap in action. But I'll stay. I'll stay back on that one. Okay. So anyway, anyway, this That's is just in really, case James Raphael's listening. Yeah, James <laughs> Raphael. Oh my gosh. Oh, uh, I think he's probably in the Philippines now on a visit. So <laughs> or Thailand, or Thailand. Yeah, <laughs> they're both beautiful places this time of year. <laughs> <laughs> so, um, Sorry. Sorry, it's a little inside baseball. You everybody in the audience gets it. <laughs> if you listen to the last few episodes, you'll get it. But are there any things you'd like to say in closing? Because Misha, I think your your trajectory is pretty well established. But um, what are you thinking? Uh, I want to give you a chance to speak to Misha and Sarah. What are you thinking? Where are you going to go from here? I know it's kind of up in the air. But please take the chance now to have your your closing statement on this whole issue. Oh, I don't know if I'll ever have a closing statement because it's just evolving all the time. But I just, um, this whole experience has just been very exposing. Like if I, if anyone could just, you know, that whole cognitive dissonance or whatever that term is that we say that we just are denying the realities, slapping us in the face, you know, like um, receiving that letter kind of was just, um, a huge blessing in disguise because it made it so clear all that I had been struggling with or like trying to figure out in my brain over the last few years, trying to figure out, you know, these psychological side effects of, you know, being brought up in this religion. Um, this was like concrete. I mean, you know, can't have something more physical than a letter with these words on it to show how the church ticks the backbone of the church. And that all that I was feeling and fearing all this time was actually very, very true. And, and when I've reached out to loved ones, um, some are so supportive of us and some are so in denial that the church could even be behind that. You know, they they just really don't believe that it's even real. They think it's made up. And um, I just, for me, it just was such a strong message that it's just, it's kind of the point of no return now for me. And so out of, you know, even though I legally can go on church property, you know, it's, there's been events that have happened since that I could, you know, example, a funeral that we, of someone that we both cared about, and, you know, we didn't go because 
if he can't go, I'm not going, you know, and, and it's just, it's a point of no return, you know, and I just feel like no matter what, I'll never look at this organization or church or chapter of my life ever, ever the same, because you just can't go back to something that could have, you know, I know I'm in a different position than a lot of people, maybe viewers, but, um, you know, I'm still transitioning. Right. But this definitely was a huge help for me to really see things clearly and not, and to begin to trust myself that I'm not delusional because <laughs> they make you feel like you're delusional, right? That it's all just in your head, that it's really not that way that it's actually really great here. And it's so sugarcoated, but really it's, it's um, very scary, actually, the kind of people you're dealing with in the background. I kid around a lot, but let me tell you something seriously. I'm really sorry that you're having to find out in real time the sad truth of how expendable you are. Yeah, exactly. That's exactly that. <laughs> You're a return missionary. You've lived your whole life giving, devoting, <laughs> sacrificing. And that finding. is true. Like, I literally was never going to come back to America. We were going to live in Slovenia forever to specifically build the church. And I just feel like we were extremely committed, extremely loving and to have this letter sent to us, like, Mitya's not a monster, you know, it's like the biggest slap in the face. And it's just like, you're just, you're just gone, just nothing. And and then we're in this community. We are, people don't know how to treat us. People don't know how to react to us. We've lost friends. Who can we invite to our birthday parties for our kids? Like, it's like, do you understand what you've done to us in this community? You completely shut us out. And I just am so grateful for the people who have reached out to us in love and kindness and total courage to be curious enough to ask what the heck actually happened and to validate you. I can't tell you the few people have not actually, I mean, over the last 48 hours, number of people have reached out to me. Some I haven't talked to in maybe a decade and their validation and kindness and support has meant so much because you feel so alone, especially when you get this. And of course, <laughs> you know, loved ones, they, you know, well, me too, kind of asked for it. Right. Like no one asks for this letter. No one should get this letter, especially mm. unless, okay, if you're doing like, you know, I won't go where serious things are, but mm -hmm. obviously some things do validate this kind of talk and much worse, but like uh, Mitya, no, right? And so it hurts to have people that we care about deeply still stand by the church and just quietly not acknowledge that this is an issue. It's really mm -hmm. painful, actually. Yeah. So. Well, we were, we usually open phone lines at this point. Are you okay with that, with people calling? Because there may be some people. I want to say something. Yeah, Mitya, go ahead, please. Yeah, because... Like the person that I'm most proud of is definitely Sarah. Like um, what she went through in the last two or three years with me because I started this journey. And no matter how I take it for my journey, we're husband and wife, we're mother and father. We're sealed forever in eternity, right? Like we 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 had those hopes and beliefs, and and you're and once it starts going apart and, and Sarah gets hurt and she doesn't know how to position herself, of course, it's her DNA. It's way easier for me to step away and see it clearly, see it from the bird view, right? And, and look down and, and, but just what she went through and it's, it's not just us, it's the whole family, right? It's brought, it's siblings, it's brought, it's, it's our parents. It's, so I'm seriously proud and we've never been stronger. That's how I feel. We've never been stronger. 
in our marriage than now. Because if Christ is the Lord, and if he came, and if he's, he went to the cross for us, if, if I'm saying if, right? Um, then what is our job? Like to accept what he brought. He, he didn't bring, he brought the sword, right? He brought the feelings of being uncomfortable. That's what the gospel is all about. First, you need to be uncomfortable, right? And then you're going to start realizing what I have to change. But not this church. We did that. And we keep doing that. And we are stronger than ever. And we'll do what, we'll do what is right. We'll try to do what is right. I strongly believe we, we took the right path. We're addressing things that are wrong. And, and it's it said that we're at the point where we try to help people see, and we are there with our own example, but um, they have to go their own path, right? And it will take time for some, and some will wake up, and that's it. Time will tell. Yeah. Okay, Bill, can I read the, uh, the phone number? It's 662, answering my own question in the affirmative. 662-667-666. Seven six six two six six seven six 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 seven. While people are calling, I just wanted to mention that the bishop said this letter goes out automatically. That was the word that you said he used, Sarah. I don't it goes want to out automatically. This is not a one-off. And I have been in contact or contacted by another person who's received a letter that I think is identical to this. Mm-hmm. So this is what they're doing now. This is a matter of policy that they're sending yeah. these out to people who are saying things that they don't want anybody else to hear. Yeah. So because of your behavior now, the church is saying you can't have contact with any church members. Now, they didn't say members, but it's ambiguous enough to where. Exactly, though. Yes, if you do, you're open to a whole lot of problems. And if it was me, right, I could go and just say, yeah, F you guys, I'll talk to whoever I want. Mm-hmm. Right. I, I'm not a person who's here on a green card with my wife and three kids, mm-hmm. right? Yeah. So that really makes it a different situation, I think. Yeah, you're on eggshells kind of, right? <laughs> yeah, very much on eggshells. That's right where they want you. And there's no end date, so. <laughs> it's like... No. Mm-hmm. Um, so, Bill, any calls yet? Yeah, we've got uh, the phone banks full, so let me go to the first one. Is it President Brian? It, we'll find out, won't we? Okay. Oh, oh yeah. It's All right, fine. caller, what's the name? Can I do? It's Pele. How you doing? Great. Um, sweet. Can you? You guys heard that as well, right? Pele. I don't. Know. Oh, but you heard the phone call, right? You yeah. heard him talking. Okay. Yes. Say the name again, my friend. Peter from Australia. Australia. It's Peter. Peter, gotcha. Awesome. Thank you, Peter. Uh, Richard and Sarah, just one question for you guys. How has this been affecting your children? Thank you. Um, I would say um, our oldest is six, and she's very much well aware of this and she's heard us have conversations with with others. Um, And so we haven't gone into detail about, you know, why we're not attending, but they are aware she, I mean, they all saw the police come over. Right. So they were like, why they ask questions. Why, why can't daddy go back to that church anymore? 
And we just simply say they don't like what he said. And she says, why don't they just let him talk? <laughs> you know? So, um, and we did have one, uh, someone we are close to who was concerned that by having them with us when Mitya posed that that would be alarming to them or, you know, causing them trauma. But to be honest, uh, we have footage of other parts of the sustainings that we didn't show because it does show our children. And it's very clear that they were coloring. And when they noticed the camera went on, they were like making faces in it. So being very not at all troubled by seeing um, my husband oppose the only one in a room of 700. But um, we do attend other churches and we also are home a lot together. We go to the mountains a ton. So we just try to keep a healthy balance of people believe differently. And um, it's just best that we're together as a family. So I don't know. What would you say? Yeah, for sure. Like you're right. But, but they th missed... th they're not, they're not old enough to comprehend what's going on. Right. Like, yeah. yes, yes. The oldest she's six and she's super bright and, um, but they know, they sense, we all feel, right? Like they, they see me talk to people. They see me raise questions. They see, they feel the energy, right? They know we're not going back to that very building. They know they're not going to see their friends in that very ward. Yeah. They're not going to go to that primary thing, right? Or it's just... So they miss their friends. I would say they miss their friends. But those who have been open enough to stay close to us, um, we still are able to get with them, you know, here and there. But... Uh, yeah, it is, again, it's a shut off. It is uh, limiting their social life as well. And they, they do uh, feel that, but as far as they are young enough to not be super, you know, involved, but um, yeah. It's so interesting it's, when it's you start okay. I think it's better that they were younger when this all happened. Right. When you yeah. start the journey, you don't know what's going to come ahead of you. Right. Like it's, mm -hmm. you know, and you're learning step by step as a father, as a husband, like and you go and deal you you put it on the table and and that's it let's eat it right like yeah. it's so okay. that answers your question yes thanks for uh, that that's, uh, that's, that's fantastic all right thanks for the question peter throw another shrimp on the barbie for me will you no barbie. no i, I accidentally the... started to hit hang up as he started to talk sorry peter super sorry about that i we were kind of closing off the call so that was my bad. Um, I believe the next caller is Casey. Casey, are you there? Stacy. Stacy, how are you, my friend? Yeah. Good. I got one of these terrorist letters, and Kurt McConkey is a terrorist organization. And my situation is very, very, very different. I never disrupted a meeting in any way. Uh, the quick timeline I got this letter after the stake president had told me to set up a meeting with him, but it gets even crazier than that because when this letter showed up registered mail to scare you even more. And my letter doesn't give any opportunity for them to talk to me, even though he, the stake president did the stake president was told by the first presidency to reach out to me and tell me the decision on my appeal. I was exed for supposedly public opposition to the church through private email to my bishop, which I never did. I didn't oppose the church leaders or doctrine in my emails to the bishop, but they make up stories when they want to ex you. 
So anyway, <clears throat> the first presidency didn't even know that their attorneys had been weaponized against me because the stake president was told by the first presidency to set up a meeting with me a few weeks after I got the letter. And I contacted his executive secretary and, and said, how do you do this? I've gotten this letter. How am I supposed to? And I couldn't get an answer. I never had a meeting with him. And I never found out what the first presidency's decision was. They operate with aggression. They're all aggression. They're very fragile men. And speaking of cops, the state president had the cops come to my house. Missionaries had come to my house. They were in the neighborhood. So they came to me. And then a few days later, the cops came holding that letter, very similar to his letter, telling me I'm not supposed to talk to the missionaries, even though the missionaries came to my house. Yeah. Exactly. So these people... What town is this in where These the cops do not know BS, Stacy? What town? This is West West Jordan, Utah. Of course, it's Mormon dominated. I knew the answer even when I asked the question. It's yeah. hand in glove yeah. down there, isn't it? Yeah. Yeah. So, and the cop showed up, and <clears throat> I told the cop, "Look, I can talk to whoever I want." And the cop starts using his phone to look up stalking laws. You know. I'm not a fan of cops anymore, and this was just so ridiculous, but I can't emphasize enough. The first presidency didn't know that their attorneys had been used to terrorize me and my family mm -hmm. when they told the stake president to meet with me to tell me the results of their decision regarding my appeal. They didn't even know. So the left hand doesn't know what the right hand's doing, but they know how to terrorize people. Yeah, well, I'll guarantee you they can look as long as they want, and they're not going to find you having contact with missionaries to be stalking. Right. Let me be clear about this. And Stacey, go ahead. You can hang on if you want or not. But um, the thing is this. Thanks. If you think that you've been harassed, and if you think that you've been stalked, yes, you can go to court, you can get an order, or you can write notice saying, I don't want you talking to me anymore, Okay. I want you to stay away from me. And then if they violate that, yeah, you can go to court. You get a stalking order. You can do that for yourself. You cannot do that for another person with two exceptions. Minor children that are your children or that you're the legal guardian of or vulnerable adults. Okay. Who you are responsible for or your parents, right? So those are the two exceptions. I can't go to court and say, hey, I want to get a no contact order against this person and Bill Real. Here, I'm not his attorney, right? I'm just a, a person. I'm just a person. I'm not an attorney. I'm just a third party, right? I can't go to court and say on behalf of Bill that he that I want the court to enter a no contact order against Bill. I can't just come in out of the blue and say to this person, you can't have any contact with Bill. Bill has to request that, and Bill can, or his legal representative, right? But this is ridiculous that we have these rogue attorneys at the top of the church who think that they can come down and on behalf of every member of the church, every missionary of the church, every leader in the church, every volunteer in the church, that they can say on behalf of all of them, whom they do not represent, by the way, talk about delusions of freaking grandeur, guys, mm -hmm. that you cannot have contact with them. Yeah. 
This is why I say that 99% of lawyers give the rest of us a bad name. <laughs> so thank you, Stacy. See, it's not just you. Yeah. This is becoming a fad now. Yeah, exactly. Thank you. Okay, and then our last call looks like it is uh, maybe Nick. And so Nick, are you on the line? Yeah, I am. How are you? Good, good, my friend. Go ahead. Yeah, well, first, I just want to thank both of you for sharing the story and all the ups and downs. Um, I was really struck um, towards the end of the part when Sarah ran over to her bit of house, just almost in a rage. And just that whole experience of getting a hug where you feel like it's like you're acting like something's wrong. And then the whole discussion of, um, oh, you know, I'll do what I can and see what I can do about this letter that was sent. It's just protocol and hiding behind the handbook. Um, that really has been my experience as I have left the church is everyone wants to either act like there's nothing wrong at all, like you feel everything's really off, or the leadership hides behind the handbook and says, oh, well, there's nothing I can do when you're just saying, well, what, what do you think is right? What should be done? Yes. And I was just wondering, um, this is for everyone here. Um, what, is, what is a healthy, mature response when you were treated this way? Um, like, so for, in my case, oh, um, my family has been in church leadership for many years. And um, they will do the handbook response first. And the human response maybe doesn't even cross their mind sometimes. And then what do we really do when that happens? What do we do when we're treated with, when people are hiding behind the handbook or just don't know how to respond? Well, what you describe is the natural result of being on the short end of the passion, pa excuse me, passion, passive aggressive stick. Mm -hmm. See, that's what happens when people treat you like that. You get confused. It's like, what's going on? I think Sarah did a great job of describing how it felt. Yeah, this passive aggressive stuff that Mormonism breeds like mold in a petri dish is the passive aggression among the members of the church and they learn it from the leaders so because the leaders tell you you can't be authentic okay so you have to pretend to be someone you're not and that someone that you're not is a church broke person so then the authentic you has to try and find ways of coming out and expressing itself it can't do it directly so it has to do it passively and that's the passive aggressive part right so yeah it's endemic in the church, I think. And I think this is a classic example. Now, Meech and Sarah and or Bill, uh, did you have anything you wanted to say about what Nick said? I just would add that like on that topic, um, there's a wonderful podcast that y'all have done. Why are Mormons so fake? Something to that effect. And it describes it perfectly. I listened to it like two days ago and it was just like everything that I was feeling through this whole experience. I mean, it, anyone I came in contact with, that is how it played out. You know, just, I really recommend that podcast. I hope I want to send it to everybody because it was just so real just to be have for social awareness. This is how we come off to people. Right. And it's amazing that those of my, I don't want to like single one out, but loved ones who are, you know, family or friends who have um, separated from separated themselves from the church. It's incredible how, even if they're not even Christian or believing in a God or wherever they stand, they have been so 
I will say Christ-like in validating us and having compassion and being so real, you know, when they hear you, they hear, they validate you, even though they don't even really like maybe stand somewhere else, you know, personally, but I have been so touched by the unconditional love that I have felt from those who have had time away from this organization. I feel like it does come back into your life once you step away because you're no longer tied down to those requirements anymore. Right. And for anybody wondering, that's uh, Radio Free Mormon, episode 79. (laughs) Why are Mormons so fake? Thank you. I can't even remember what I said in that. It's been so long ago. I'm almost at 300 now, but I'm glad you enjoyed it. And I'm glad that, you know, the fates worked in such a way or God or Holy Ghost or anybody worked in such a way as to bring that into your path. And before you get a letter, Sarah, I'm just saying there's nothing to prevent you from sending it to every member of your ward. (laughs) Exactly. For now. (laughs) now. (laughs) Misha. Oh, go ahead, Bill. And then I was going to say, I I have sent uh, mass emails to all the members of my ward on several occasions when I was excommunicated to notify all of them because I'm here out in Utah and they're back there in Ohio. And these are all my friends, the people I cared about. Uh, when I was interviewed on Mormon stories recently, I sent them all three episodes and said, the first one is really faithful. I tell the story of how I converted and all the, all the good things that happened in the church. If you only want to listen to that one, that'd be great. But here's the other two where I share all of the questions and concerns I have. You mentioned earlier in this conversation, you said Star Wars or Star Trek. I think you were referring to the red shirts, right? Are you talking about me? Don't put all your ranking, uh, crew on, members on a, in one on general a, on a, yeah you don't put yes. captain kirk in there and spock and mccoy you know just no. don't do it because something bad could happen and then you've lost all your leadership and it, it struck me i went into the ai art generator really quick it struck me that members don't get this but believing members are all the red shirts right they're all sacrificable like you can you can get rid of all of them they're all red shirts and uh this system only cares about you so long as you can perpetuate the virus, belief in Mormonism, and so long as you're paying tithing. And mm-hmm. the moment you are contradictory to those two things, you become somebody who can be sacrificed. Um, you can be somebody who can can be let go. You can be distanced from. Um, and it really is unfortunate and sad. Yeah. Right. We are of no worth anymore. I just want to add that it's so shocking that when when they push you out and and you're talking to the most inactive members on the streets of your neighborhood, and they're the best people. They're always there. They're not afraid of talking, opening up boxes, sharing their experience, right? So the most inactive are actually the most active ones, right? And then those active ones on the list with callings and shirts and and ties and titles freeze. Yeah, they freeze. They They disappear, right? It's got nothing to do with the gospel, right? Like it's in one second. That's how they're taught. That's how they're taught. There's a line from uh, Steinbeck's, um, come on, the big one, you know, the one everybody knows, going out to California. Help me. What's the name of the book? Is that the Grapes of Wrath? Thank you. The Grapes of Wrath. Thank you. It talks about how, uh, obviously, generalizations are never absolutely 100%, but the observation was made in the book, and I wrote it down somewhere, probably in my little book of quotes, about how when you're down, it's poor folks who will help you. Yeah. Right. 
obviously not 100% of the time, but yeah, Yeah. typically. And like you're finding out it's those who are inactive members of the church who have maybe left it behind or whatever happened to them, who tend to be much more Christ-like to you when you're down than the members of the church and the leaders. Yes. All right. Well, I think we're wrapping up here. I want to thank you, Sarah and Misha, so much for coming on. Please let us know when the two uh, guys show up with the letter. Whatever happens, please let us know. And we'll... We'll follow the story and we'll do it publicly with names, Brian, Morgan, just so you know, okay? <laughs> Keep that in mind when you're calculating your next step. Thank and you. we'll be here next week, same bad time, same cha- same bad channel. And thank you again so much for coming on the show. Thank you, Bill. Thank you, Maven. Thank, thank you, everybody, you for watching. Thank you. All right. I really appreciate it. Thank you guys for doing so much for so long. Hope you're you. very welcome. We'll keep doing it too, okay? okay. See you okay. later. See you later.